Valverde. You dumb stumps! Don't you realize you're being scammed? football knowledge like only we know how to do. This week's show is called Listen to Your FF Wise Men for Week 10, and we are going to be sitting and giving you all the goods so you can take the week, prime yourself, put yourself in the right position to bring this on the back end of the season into the playoffs. As usual, I've got Houdini to the left of me. Across the way, i got Stag Party. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com, and um, we're doing the show on Wednesday, which is a day later than usual, but still, not going to make it any less of a goonus uh, of, of awesome fantasy stuff. So, uh, what's up, boys? Well, I'm still living high off of the weekend where uh, my Iowa Hawkeyes laid oh, yeah. a 50-burger on, uh, on Ohio State. When was the last time Iowa scored 50? Do you have any idea? And I'm not talking about against some FCS fluff school. Do you know it? No. I don't know that they it ever have. That was literally the best game that I've ever witnessed. Uh, the second best game that I ever remember was when we beat uh, the worst defeat Michigan's ever had in the big house. We beat them 38-17. to 17. Uh, but no, putting up 50 points was just, that was remarkable. Love it. Their, their chances, they done. And I remember I was watching a commercial the next day on Sunday. I was like, watch Michigan State against Ohio with their hopes for national champ. like, nope, you recorded this before they got their asses kicked yesterday. They're out. <laughs> yeah, and Penn State's it. done. And Iowa, we have a chance this weekend to continue to, we, can, we have a chance to eliminate the Big Ten from the playoff picture. Is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I want to do it. I want to be Wisconsin. We got a young team. It's a lot of freshmen and sophomores on our team. So yeah, bring it on. Let's 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 throw it up in the air and let the let the Pac-10 get into the into the championship or the the Big 12 for once. Uh, quick news: If any of you guys want to talk about it, I don't think it's a big deal. I think three weeks on this show, I was talking about how much of a headache. Uh, a smart guy, a cerebral guy, but how much of a headache uh, Martellus Bennett can be. Uh, I think the Packers might have felt the same way. Cut him. He had signed, what, a three-year, like, $21 million deal or something. Uh, was was whispering that he was going to retire after this season. Uh, he's just kind of is gone. So, I think, what is that, his fifth team or something in the last four years, five years? We'll see uh, where he ends up for fantasy value, but right now he's a little banged up. Uh, word is, once you know Aaron Rodgers is out, he's like, oh, I'm on one out too. Uh, <laughs> and he, you know, spoke up about it, and then apparently the Packers might be going after him for failure to report an injury. 
um, and looking for some of their money back because they've already paid them a good chunk of change on that 21 or 24 mil, whatever it might have been. I, I want to I be in the room for that court case because I'm sure he'll defend himself. In the court case, the next room over will be the one with his older brother uh, in Yeah, Vegas. from Vegas, right. <laughs> um, here's a question I got for you. Do you think he's going to end up back with Patriots or not? I mean, the problem is you'd have to completely pass through waivers to go back to the Patriots. Uh, so, you know, everybody's going through waivers right now, and then you'd have to be uh, on the hook for that contract. So I don't know if anybody's really interested in that, especially you know retiring after the season and how that might go along. Okay. Uh, but if he passes through waivers and becomes a free agent and they can pick him up for proration of the veterans minimum, Dwayne Allen still doesn't have a catch, so why Jesus. the fuck not? Crazy. All right, well, this week, week 10, uh, if you want to follow us, we go to uh, schedule on NFL.com. Um, this week's uh, bye teams, Ravens are on bye, Chiefs are on bye, Raiders are on bye, and the Eagles are as well. So we will be talking about two less games um, heading into this week. Tomorrow night's game, Thursday night football, Seahawks at Cardinals. Um, let's start with the visiting team after uh, kind of being hot as hell. Russell Wilson came back down to earth last week. Not if you look at his fantasy score. What how many points do you have? Like well, he had 297 passing yards, two touchdowns, two picks, but he ran for 77 yards. Oh, it was good. <laughs> he I was guess I was comparing, because I had him in my DFS lineups again. I guess I was comparing him to the week before where he just did real good. Well, no, and if you were playing in the DFS ones, it's like he, he it was good fantasy numbers for like, you know, you got what your it points out, but you didn't, get, you didn't get that top, the top end play. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you gotta expect that to come back. That but way, I was I was fit, tricked into thinking it like maybe I suck at DFS. It, it, I mean, he was still a top six quarterback. He still saw a lot of value out of him. Uh, he's been a top six quarterback or better in each of the last three weeks. So Russell Wilson's locked in, especially going up against this Arizona pass secondary um, that isn't very good in a lot of spots outside of Patrick Peterson. Tyron Mathieu has struggled this year. Uh, and there's been talks, you know, maybe moving on from him. Uh, and other players in that secondary, they just can't seem to find another safety to play across from them. So there's major question marks at the cornerback and the free safety, strong safety spots. And, you know, who's Patrick Peterson going to cover? Because he's not going in the slot to cover Doug Baldwin all game. Probably going to be a lot on uh, probably Richardson. Pro- I, I'd say he might. Richardson banging up too, though? He, I, yeah, he's got a groin he didn't practice today. Um, so he, you know, if he doesn't play, then that's going to give a bigger role to Tyler Lockett. But then if Tyler Lockett gets a bigger role, then you know who he's shadowing. Yeah. So you're sort of hoping, you know, uh, Patrick Peterson's just going to stay on one side of the field. And these guys are going to alternate and sort of see what happens. If not, you know, I've got Paul Richardson down in the wide receiver four or five range. Same thing with Tyler Lockett. Doug Baldwin looks locked in in the slot, however. Um, you know, he had a big game late in that game, scoring that touchdown. The asshole. And, against me. That, that, that was another one that burned me. I'll get to tackle the guy. No, you can't tackle him if you're not close. Yeah. So that, that might have helped. Yeah. Uh, covering if you, covering if you would covered. be a good idea. Covering would be a good idea. But you got, I think you got to stay away from the running backs on the Seahawks. Well, luckily, Eddie Lacy's going to be out. So with Eddie Lacy out in this matchup, it looks more of a Thomas Rawls, C.J. Procise. And then you're really getting a little bit more clarity 
because Rawls will be the first down, second down grinder. C.J. Procise expected to be back finally uh, as the third down back, where McKissick has sort of struggled you know, ever since his sort of breakout game uh, a couple weeks ago. So if so, I like Rawls a little bit, but I still think he's more of a RB3 against this Arizona team. Well, and I've been watching Seattle play over the last about four or five weeks, and you, you know, the, the, the highlight games or whatever at the end of the day. Their offensive line is just not opening up quality holes for them to actually establish the run. So you may get a volume of carries. I just worry that, you know, that is one of the still a decent strength of, of, the, of the Cardinals. And, you know, you know, it's still not the easiest team to run against. And if you're not opening up holes, that takes away your opportunity for the big plays. And if you don't have the big plays, I, I, then I'm counting on you to get a touchdown when you're down there. Well, it's that offensive line is poor. I, and I don't know. I haven't any, seen it yet. Yeah. Uh, do you think for the rest of the season, and I know we don't really love it when people ask us rest, but could um, could Rawls be a guy that you should, uh, if you need that kind, if you need that a running back, that you pick up to fill that void? I'm not counting on it. Just that offensive line. Um, this is a passing team now. Yeah. They might be a little bit of a pass-off play-action team, but I'd say they're a passing team. I think they're at their best when they're in the hurrying hurry up attacking with Russell Wilson vertically down the field. Uh, that's what makes them the most dynamic on offense. And that, and then they're going to run off of that. So it puts you in another range of like a worse Aaron Jones. And that's not a great place to be right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's go to uh, quickly Jimmy Graham. Uh, what are your expectations in, um, in this matchup for them? Uh, Jimmy Graham, you know, he had a butter matchup last week. Didn't do all that much. You know, it was pretty good if you play in PPR leagues, but just didn't have that explosion factor. But, you know, he's such a touchdown factor right now. He's the, one of the most targeted players inside the 10-yard line in the league that I, I think he's locked into your lineup, especially with all the other volatility at the tight end position. Cool. Anyone else to discuss here? Nope. All right. We're going on to Arizona. Arizona side. How about Drew Stanton getting to hold off Blaine Gabbert after a you know, pretty semi-competent performance last week? Well, it was like the first play of the game was like a 40-yarder to John Brown. So yeah. it's kind of like, you know, the sideline collected, had a collective side. Like, all right, yes. cool. That could, it's not a pick six on the first play. We, can, we, we, we got a shot here. Um, yeah, Adrian Peterson led uh, the lead, all running backs this week in uh, targets and touches. Um, piece that we just put up on the site today. Stan and and rushing yards. He had the high rushing yard yeah. total on the week. But that's against San Francisco and not Seattle. San and that Francisco was also with 37 carries. 37. San Francisco literally turns any running back into the best running back in the league. <laughs> That sucks because I'm a San, I'm a 49er fan. But you still got to feel that when you're looking at this game, if you have Adrian Peterson, you know that with Stanton that quarterback, you're going to get a volume day. You know they're going to try to keep the game close. They're going to try to minimize the mistakes uh, by, by the by the quarterback and not really open things up that much. I mean, as Bruce Arian so eloquently put it, the ball ain't heavy, so AP is going to continue to get the ball. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, now. Obviously, 49ers to Seahawks. 
what do you think that he can do with it? I mean, it, it should just be a volume day where it's more of an RB2 day. Maybe he gets a bunny score. But, you know, the Seahawks have been letting up... You know, some rushing yards over the last couple weeks where they had started the season stout as possible uh, previously, but they've still got that big defensive line. Bobby Wagner is one of the leading uh, tacklers in the league, and he can sort of just go sideline to sideline. So that's the guy I worry about for Peterson because he's going he's gonna to follow him all over and put it on him. Okay. Um... What about Larry Fitzgerald? He's pretty much, uh, you know. I mean, this is the one thing that you you do get with Stan. Look, he had the the team high in targets. He had nine targets. Nobody else had more than four. So he'll get the volume of targets again and, and the looks. Now the question is, they're gonna are they gonna move him around and try to keep him away from Richard Sherman? Because, you know, you know, and is Stan gonna be smart enough to not try to stick it in there when he's completely blank and covered? So. Well, I, I'm highly doubting he'll ever see Richard Sherman just because of how many sna- slot snaps uh, Fitzgerald tends to play. Sherman's still just you know marked on the outside. And Arians isn't gonna be stupid and put him up in, in, in yeah. the matchup unless he's using it as a decoy. Yeah, so, you know, I'm expecting John Brown to see a lot of Richard Sherman uh, and then these other receivers sort of be knocked out by Griffin. Um, the question is, can Earl Thomas get back and healthy enough to play? Because he's a major, major detractor in the passing game. Um, he missed last week against the Redskins. Could be back this week. That's something we're going to have to watch out for. Yeah, but at the same time, how many yards at the high end do you think Drew Stanton's going to throw for? I mean, I'm thinking at the high end it's going to be like 225. Yeah, what, 201? 201 last yeah. week. I, you know, so I just, I, I Against don't, the Niners, it's, coming, it's probably not going much I, I'm pretty much fading on all the other receivers, not named Larry Fitzgerald, just because it's of the volume that he'll get. Just, good uh, what about Jermaine Gresham? You know, Touchdown he, he, opportunity with... Um, you know, Drew Stanton at quarterback. I'll, I'll, he, he goes up. Remember, he almost had two touchdowns uh, in that game last week. So, yes, it's an easier throw for Stanton. And when they get into that red zone, it's either going to be Larry or him if he's throwing the ball. So, yeah, if you're looking for a flyer, again, yeah, because, look, we do have a couple of good tight ends that are on by this week. If you're sitting there, uh, you know, three, two actually. Two of the best. Two of, yeah, Zach Ertz and, and Kelsey. And then you also got Jared Cook, who's been very productive, who's gone by. So Good point. Great point. Um, all right, well, let's move on to the next game. Before we do so, I'll do a quick pyro promo here. Do us a favor. Uh, if you've been listening to us for a while now, give us a review on uh, iTunes. Give us a favorable rating. Um, it just helps us in our stature uh, in the news and noteworthy within the other podcasts on iTunes and within that app. Uh, if you're on another, uh, using another app on, or another platform and they offer the opportunity to give a review uh, on that one, please do so. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, you can follow Stag Party. He's uh, great at retweeting and putting out his own little tidbits and nuggets and his awesome uh, party favors uh, charts showing you great fantasy football mindshare. Uh, his uh, handle is at Stag. Uh, and then our overarching pyro account uh, that I maintain is at P-R-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. And, um, yeah, check us out on Twitter, man. We're always having a good time there. Facebook is facebook.com forward slash pyromaniac. But in all honesty, I'm kind of in the moment right now. I'm going to go a little cyber here. Fuck Facebook.
Facebook is, is, is they, they just, once you spend a penny on Facebook in boosting a post or going on anywhere, they fucking stifle you and silence your uh, free posts and the audience you get so badly. It's unbelievable. It's, they're like, oh, this person will pay. So we'll just kind of, you know, we'll just handicap how many people actually see this shit. And so they pay I more. Think that, I think that might be true because it's, it's definitely on my personal true. account where I'm friends with Pyromanic, I don't get to see it in my newsfeed. I'm telling you right now, it's 100. They're trying, they're money gougers, and they're making it so that, the, oh, this reached fucking 380 people. It's like, well, why the fuck didn't it reach 4,000 people right. that are following us? You know, it's just like, it's so bad. Um, so I'm kind of in a, I'm down on Facebook already. Fuck Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm bringing back MySpace. <laughs> yes, I'm going MySpace. I'm going Friendster. Friendster. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we go on to the Packers at the Bears. Houdini, Wynini. Yeah, we're going to be doing some uh, tailgating uh, over there on um, over feel Soldier bad for Field. Your lovers. Yeah, Houdini just told me before we started the show, he gets going at 9.30. Um all right, so it looks like I'm going to start drinking at 9.30, bear style. I'm going to fire it up. Uh, that's going to be a good Maybe time. Maybe we'll pick up some steaks to have before we go in. Steaks? Steaks? Yeah. All right. It's all good, man. Yeah, I'm fired up. All right. How about Party that? Party in I'll the bring, South End Zone. I'll, I can bring, I'll bring the meats. You bring the beers. Sure. Okay. Maybe I'll, I'll, maybe I'll go over. Maybe I'll, you know, we got all these great places. Are you like Arby's? I'll bring we the, have meats. the meats. We have the meats. I can go to Bari and get some Italian sausage. Whatever. Okay. Oh no! If you want to do, oh, Italian sausage is good. But the other best thing, uh, anyone that tailgates out there, this is the ultimate. I saw this at a Bears playoff game. You know, so for, this is great for the cold games. Okay. Chicago is famous for its Italian beef. Oh, uh, yeah. All right, so I saw somebody, they had like one of those big, uh, that you would see at like a baseball game in your kid, big igloo cooler. Yeah. Right? And so they got all the, the, the juice and the beef is in there. They take the top off and, they, and, they're, and they're putting the beef in. Then if you want more au jus, you go to the spigot oh. and you spout out more au jus on your, on your damn beef. That is a genius. I like that. Is oh, it's awesome, and it was you know it's insulated, so it's super hot. You guys got a hot beef, and it's like ten degrees outside. That sounds freaking great. Yeah. Good call. All right, well we'll plan all that stuff up. But uh, tailgating tips from Houdini. Houdini, why Houdini? All right, Packers at the Bears. First thing I'll say, which is mind blowing to me, the Bears are favored by five right now. They I should mean, be. They should be, but how? I mean, honestly. Maybe going back to that one year where we went to the Super Bowl, maybe we were favored in one of those games uh, back in what not, oh, not, 2006 or whatnot, 2005, uh, 2006 and seven. Um, what was the last time other than that, considering Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, that we've been, I bet you we've been favored over the last, since going back to when Favre got there in like 92, under five times. And I bet you the ones that we were, we'd be like a home game favored by one or two. Yeah. And a home team usually gets a plus three for being the home team, yeah. so it really means you're not favored. Yeah, so this is big news. So hopefully we can capitalize on it and actually beat these guys. Uh, let's Does start. anybody actually believe that, though? That we're going to beat these guys? Yeah. Yeah, I, do. I, I believe we're going to beat oh, them. Yeah, I think we're gonna Look, after watching that game on Monday night. This is a trap game if I've it, ever seen well, it. it. But it, it's a... A trap game for a bad team yeah. coming yeah. off of a bye? I don't think so. Yeah, don't for think a team that that, that uh, put up 35 points against you uh, the first time you played them and and made you go get rid of Mike Lennon, so I would say right, Dan Rodgers, but it's a different team right now. Well, that's the whole problem. So there was no continuity, and I was actually listening uh, to Eddie Jackson, uh, safety for the Bears, doing an interview uh, with the whole show on the radio, and they were talking about like the you know what do you think about. This quarterback, after because the Bears have faced now uh, all the quarterbacks that they face, I think have been in the Super Bowl. 
this this six year. of eight. Six of eight. Wow. Okay. So they just went up against Drew Brees as their last one. So they faced tough, tough. One of those was Joe Flacco, though. So <laughs> so asterisk. You're gonna get that in there, but I mean, come on. So asterisk. <laughs> it wasn't Trent Dilfer. Uh, so I think you're he, better off. But, but what he was talking right about now. is that you could, he goes, you can look at it on film, and you could go when you watch game film like on Detroit, you can just see how Matthew Stafford and his. His wide receivers just have their timing is down. It's like seamless. He goes, you watch their film, and it's, you can just tell they haven't been playing together. This is a rookie now, so maybe he's saying way too much on the on the yeah. radio. But he's saying, you know, he'll look to his to his one guy, and then he won't come back to him. You know, where Stanford will look off a guy, but then he'll come right back to him. He's not making his reads that quickly, so the the receivers he says are coming out of breaks either too quickly or he's throwing the ball too late. So, with that being the case, and the Bears are going to focus on basically, you know, you have to shut down Aaron Jones, make, uh, make uh, what, what's that, Hundley beat you. And I, I don't think that they can when they're playing a controlled game. You need to be able to stretch the offense, and that's where they've always had success against the Bears. It's always big plays that have beaten the Bears in these games. Yeah, I, do. I think there is some chance for some of these big plays. But the Bears have been... You know, a pretty tough pass defense as of late over the last four or five weeks. They really stiffened up. Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mukamara, um, you know, the uh, progression of Eddie Jackson himself is giving them a pretty, you know, diverse secondary, especially sort of the return of Adrian Amos is making yeah. them pretty complete. I think Adrian Amos is just walking around with a sledgehammer the way that he's hitting everybody. And, you know, we know they had a front seven before, so now if you're adding a secondary, that makes them a tough, tough team. And if you are, you know, skeptical of the Packers now, it, it there's reasons for skepticism. I mean, Jordy Nelson's been hold, held under 49 uh, or 40 yards in each of his last games without Rodgers. Uh, Cobb led the team in receiving yards, but before that, he had been, you know, targeted on like 10% of the plays by Brent Hundley. Uh, you know, Devontae Adams looks to have pretty good stock in PPR leagues because they're just running tons of slants with him. The stat on that Jordy Nelson under 40 yards in consecutive games. Uh, the last time that happened was week 14 and 15 back in 2010. <laughs> so that just shows he's a, a lot. Ago, yeah. He's a, yeah, he's a lot. He was quarterbacking then. Because back then, 2010. Still Aaron Rodgers. Well, Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers could have been injured at that time. Because Remember? He, get, he got injured the year before they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe that. Yeah, probably. You're right. So as Rodgers goes, so goes Jordy Nelson. I mean, he's pretty much the best receiver in the league when Rodgers played. Uh, now here's here's, here's the positive though for the Packers. If you're looking at Aaron Jones and you're looking at the potential for this game, we don't know what the status is of Danny Trevathan right now. And Danny Trevathan is the leading tackler for the Bears in the, in the middle of that defense. Um, I think he's dealing with a calf issue, if I'm not mistaken. So um, he's missed practice for um, the last four days. So he got hurt in the um, uh, in, in the uh, New Orleans game. So I think the person that I would feel most comfortable starting, even though the Bears are a good defense up front and they've been doing a good job uh, bottling up running backs, is just probably Aaron Jones if he can if he can get through that initial line and, and be able to, to, to make a move on a linebacker or maybe do something a little bit of the passing game. The problem with that is they now saying they're going to go to a committee approach with Aaron Jones and Ty Montgomery. And we've seen 
You know, Aaron Jones struggle in pass protection. Yeah. We've seen him struggle uh, catching the ball. His, you know, he just hasn't made anything happen as a receiver out of the backfield. So now, if we're splitting snaps more 50-50, then there's trouble for Aaron Jones, uh, especially when your team's you know behind the sticks or not converting plays for first downs and giving them first and second down runs. Then there's trouble. Then you're looking at maybe the 12 to 13 carry range with maybe two receptions, and that's hard to put a you know top end projection on. So you're looking at more of a RB2 flex for both Ty Montgomery and Aaron Jones, and it's going to depend on sort of scoring system from which one you may want to start. Yep. My teams are fucked. Um, okay, so I think we're done with the Packers. Anything else to say? I mean, Richard Rodgers and Lance Kendricks are going to be yeah. called to take a big step up. Uh, they're going to you know, look to play a bunch of snaps. Uh, now, if Humley can find them, that'll be a different story. But th- there could be a guy who emerges there and provides you know, some tight end usage because we sort of need it right now. Yeah. They. They. No. Fantasy owners. Oh, fantasy owners. Okay. I, they're playing the Bears, so I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> Very skeptical of the week. Um, all right. Let's go over to the Chicago Bears. Um, but before we do, one, sweet gorilla of Manila. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna wait for it to stop dripping. Now you just go. <laughs> I love it. Houdini's drinking the wine out of my old school Coca-Cola. Uh, it's a perfect. It's a perfect glass for it. That is. That's yeah, perfect if you want to slam wine. This is like a slam of wine. It's a smaller glass. I'm not. I didn't want to have the. Hope that bottle. Hope that that. It's a box of wine. Yeah. Uh, hope that box is filled. Oh my god, I love it. Wine Dini with the box. I'm taking a picture of that thing today. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> good stuff, Bears. Bears. Mitch Trubisky. Come on. What are we doing? Nope. Here's, nope. here's the problem. Look, look at what's going on with the Packers defense. Look at how uh, Matthew Stafford is. Dice them up. You had 200 yard receivers uh, that they gave up on Monday night. Uh, the one thing that they did do pretty well was stuff the run. But what are the Bears going to do? The Bears are just going to commit to the run, and it's going to be a control passing game, right? Even if they do commit to the run, every week since week two, the Packers have given up a running back with over 10 fantasy points. Amir uh, Abdullah, depending on your scoring systems, either at 9.7 or 10.7, depending on how much you lose in fumbles. So. Uh, every single week you're getting that nice you know floor Jordan Howard should get you 10 points in this matchup uh, you know he's either probably to get you 100 yards or uh, you know 60, 60 yards and a touchdown, touchdown. Right, yeah. so Jordan Howard's locked in everybody else no, no play because I mean what, it, about, you, what about what about Tariq Cohen now we've We've seen such a reduction in, in the usage of him, but now that they, they've reduced his time, now that they had the bye week, is this maybe more where he starts to Here's have more of that niche role where he's going to get at least his 10 to 12 touches? I mean, I, I do think he could see 10 touches or so, but they're not going to be the high-value receptions. Yeah. Remember, early in the season, when it was with Glennon, Glennon was getting to throw the ball 35 40 times a game. Yeah. With Mitch Trubisky, they've been in the, you know, what, 10, 12, 15, Shackles. sometimes 25 pass attempt range. And if he's going to see, you know, two or three targets, that's not a reliable player for you. Yeah, Trubisky, so, Trubisky's basically playing with the uh, NFL's version of a chastity belt. 
<laughs> I mean, he is. He ain't losing his virginity that way. Uh, the problem is, like, the overall projection for him just is rough, so he's going to need to make a giant explosive play. It, so it's sort of one of those desperation flexes that, you know, I can't... You should not be going and picking I, up any Bears uh, wide receivers or... I mean, t- right now... Or even tight ends, because... You can't trust anything that they have. If you think it's going to be Adam Shaheen, you're probably wrong. Probably no, you're wrong. Deion Sims. No, it is going to be Deion Sims. Deion Sims is going to be the guy who gets the most snaps. Uh, he was already getting the most snaps. Now his role is just going to increase. They like what he's able to do as a blocker. Uh, so that's going to keep him out there on the field. And they like what he's been able to do you know, as a receiver in limited opportunities. So Deion Sims is maybe another desperation tight end type pickup. Um, but other than that... The hope is maybe Dontrell Inman can start to establish somebody uh, coming off of bye, you know, after he was traded. See, now that, but that's what's going to be the interesting thing when you're when you're only throwing small change amount of, of passing attempts. How well is Inman going to be able to actually make inroads? Hey, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, nice. Okay, what about? Um, it's good to see Zach Miller's out of the hospital. Is he out of the league? Is his career done? It's it's done. Is, oh, he's, he's done. done. He's, Unfortunately, he was lucky to, to be able to have his leg. Yeah, he's done. So. That guy, that guy came back and got a career. So, uh, anything else for these? Uh, what's the, what's the rumors I'm hearing? That, is this just bullshit, Fox stupidity? But the, that Kevin White might be coming back and playing this season. I mean, sure. Who else do they have of value to bring back off IR? And if you're Kevin White, you better get your ass yeah. back on the field because you need to get some tape on you before you get dropped and, and left behind and never picked up again. Uh, Ooh, uh, Kevin White. Kevin <laughs> White. I'm not going for that. No, I can't go for that. No. No, can't 20 do. 20 passing attempts a game from Mitch Trubisky. Through four games started, he has a total of 80 attempts, and he has completed less than half of his passes. So it's 80 passing attempts, and last week Adrian Peterson ran the ball 37 times. <laughs> if, you, if you combine uh, Pat O'Donnell and Tariq Cohen's passing touchdowns, they have as many as Mitchell Trubisky. When you say his name, when you say his name, you have to say Pat O'Donnell. Oh yeah, Pat O'Donnell. Is, is Pat O'Donnell still the strongest guy on the team? Let's hope not. Yeah. <laughs> remember the, I think I'll take remember a, the combine? He did like 25 reps on the bench. I'll take, I'll take, uh, I think I'll, I think I'll take a Keem Hicks maybe. And, and, and he also ran like a 4-5. or five. Yeah. O'Donnell, best athlete for a kicker maybe besides King in the league. Um, let's talk quickly about the, um, the audio snippets that we haven't done very many of and uh, the music. What do we got going on with the audio snippets? Well, it is uh, from Futurama, Sir Hermes Conrad. All right. Sweet guinea pig of Winnipeg. <laughs> and then the music we've got is um, George Harrison off of All Things Must Pass. Uh, first album he put out after the Beatles broke up. He was kind of stockpiling songs that I guess the Beatles wouldn't put on his albums. Uh, John and, and Paul were kind of dicky to him, uh, and he stockpiled all these albums. And basically at one point, uh, right after they broke up, word is that uh, Phil Spector, one of the most famous producer, uh, the Wall of Sound producer, met with him. And he's like, hey, I want to hear some of this music I've been stockpiling up. And uh, Phil Spector just said it was endless. The guy just had like this o- unbelievable. Came out with a double album. The music we're listening to. We started out with Wawa, and then we're going to close out with Let It Down. These are two of the more rocking tracks off of uh, All Things Must Pass. But you know, 
if you guys are younger and you want trying to get some great music, obviously the Beatles are arguably the greatest band of all time. Um, check out some of the offshoot stuff by the Beatles. Uh, certainly the George Harrison stuff's amazing. The John Lennon and the John Lennon and the Yoko, uh, Yoko Ono band. And check out all those other peripheral music. It's endless. Sprinkle us with wisdom from your mighty brain. It's true. The only way I can sprinkle you with wisdom in most cases, a little bit of fantasy, a lot of bit of pop culture and movies, and definitely with music. And... Uh, porn stars. Mm -hmm. uh, Alright, <laughs> let's go to the next game, Browns at Lions, but before we do so, let's listen, take a word from our sponsor. Listen to this. Thank you. Alright, the Browns going to the Lions. Oh, man. The Browns, I'm just, I, was, I, I continually want to be excited about them and what they're doing. And Josh Gordon says he's going to be the greatest player ever, ever. ever. Josh Gordon won't be back till November 27th, 27th. at the earliest. earliest. Corey Coleman won't be back till November 19th at the earliest when he returns from IR. Uh, so you're looking at them with Richard Higgins and Ricardo Lewis and, you know, Casey Williams and a bunch of other has-beens or never was. And if you've been starting that, you're probably... Kick, uh, sorry to interrupt you. They interrupt, uh, He's the has-beens. Uh, Britt? Yeah. They hate him. Like, yeah. Britt's, like, taking out Kaiser out in London. They're, like, raging. They're like, this guy, we gotta get Britt out of here. <laughs> well, and if you're starting any of these guys in fantasy, you're not doing very well. I'll yeah, tell you that much. Yeah. I mean, your closest starts here are probably Isaiah Crowell, Duke Johnson. Deshaun Kaiser has provided some fantasy viability with his legs. He does have three top 12 weeks, even though he's gotten, you know, benched uh, in, you know, a good he hasn't, he hasn't hit a top 12 week while he's been benched. That I know is a fact. I'd probably agree with you. <laughs> he's been benched at the half, what, twice out of the last four games? Yep. So, we don't you know, know. They know how to build confidence in a young quarterback. Yes. Especially when you go out, you know, during the bye week, try to trade for A.J. McCarron, uh, <laughs> second, third round picks. Yeah, but Sean Kaiser's our guy. Um, do you, you think? Do you, you think? Like, do you think like the Sean Kaiser's locker was like decorated like sorority girls do when they're like pledging them and they're like, no, no, we love you. They have, like hearts all over his, lo his locker. Did you hear what he said today? Hey, you know they always they always start out whenever somebody's bad going from hey it's a business. It's like yeah, it's a business. We already know that, but be good in business and you're a part of the business. He's like it's a business. That just tells me I got to do uh, work harder and be better at my job. No shit. You don't even know it's a business yet. You're a rookie on a rookie contract. You know. He better uh, hunker down, or that Otherwise jersey. Otherwise, he's going to end up at the business end of something else, uh, going up the wrong way. Truly, truly. You know that jersey that they keep adding on numbers and names. He's going to be the next one. So hopefully that doesn't happen. But let's talk quickly about Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson and maybe David uh, Nyoku um, and see where what what we've got there because that's. Only fantasy-relevant players you've got to talk about here. Yeah, I mean, Njoku doesn't really have fantasy relevance until there's a steady stream of targets going his way. I mean, they're splitting snaps with, you know, Seth the Valve, and it makes tough of them to trust. Uh, so you're looking at, like, Isaiah Crowell. I mean, before the bye, Isaiah Crowell probably had the best game of his season, uh, you know, ending up in the end zone. But now you're going up against the Detroit Lions. Do you think they can get anything done? And and that's a major question mark. Uh, Detroit is not that strong against the run. 
Uh, they're not great. They're not bad. It's, uh, I don't know, what's Isaiah Crowell? I'm not trusting it. The one thing, though, if you want to look at a positive for Isaiah Crowell, over the last two games that he's played, he has been targeted in the passing game 12 times. In the previous, I want to say, six games before that, he was targeted a total of, like, 10 times. So that gives him viability because he's not – He's not going to give you. He's not, they're not going to give him 20, 25 carries in the game. He's only going to, he's only getting anywhere between 17 has been as high, and he's ranging between 10 and 17. But if he can give you those targets, and this is what he's done the last two weeks: 36 receiving yards and 54 receiving yards, because he's not giving it to you that much as a running back. And and when the Browns usually going to fall behind, and they will fall behind in this game, that's where you're hoping that he's still getting the same uh, target volume in the, in the passing game. The thing is, if he's getting it, then Duke Johnson's Correct. not. And then you can't play Duke. So uh, it's something we're going to have to see. I'd start Isaiah Crowell over Duke Johnson. Yeah, me too. But, you know, Duke just seems to have these games where he get 10, 12 targets. But Duke, Duke is still getting right. But uh, he hasn't had 10 targets since week four. And even over the last two weeks, he had seven and five. The, the weeks before that, five, three, seven, six, five. So he's still getting the same amount. What it is is, I think it's it's a failure of them to be able to, to be able to get receivers down the field. So they're just dumping the ball off to their running backs. What I will say is the is is the eye test on him over the course of the last few games. Whereas at the beginning of the season, it felt like Duke, 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 and you're like Crowell was a bust because he was considered essentially a preseason top 10, top 12 running back. And you were like, oh my God, it's Duke Johnson who was way, way down. And, but over the past few weeks, you can see uh, the Hughes trying to get Crowell to be, uh, be the guy. So I like the momentum right now for Crowell for sure. Right now, by the way... We didn't tell you this before. We just decided we're going to do it. We're now going to do six-hour podcasts instead of three, even though nobody wants it. Just like Twitter expanding 280 characters. Oh, I like it. I like. Are you saying right now that we're going really slow? No, but I, I just <laughs> okay. want to make my Twitter. I, well, okay, I like so it. Twitter is going for up to 280 characters. Yep. I wonder what the Donald. So will is do it now. already available? I, it's available. So I've been noticing. Update your phone. Okay. And then I don't want. I'm never going to update my phone. It's like when you get when you touch like a hot porno star at one of those conventions, you just don't shower for like a month. <laughs> well, you, you know what? Now, the, now the thing is going to be, you know, I understood and could under, you know, give uh, let it go to people with their incorrect grammar on Twitter because it was only 120 characters. But now that you got oh. more, if you're not filling up the 280, you better spell correctly, man. Come straight. I was wondering about that. I saw I saw a crazy some couple crazy logos. I'm like, how are they doing that? All right, good. I'm not doing that. I'm keeping it at 140 or 142. I forget. 140, but I might go up to 143 and get a little weird sometimes. The best one I saw was a cookie. Was the word cookie was stacked by a, a faux cookie monster account. And I was like, how the hell did that guy fit that? And he's like, all these spaces, you know, whatever. Let's move on. Uh, let's go to the Lions on that side of the ball. Uh, we know that Stafford kind of had some Dudley performances over the prior two weeks uh, up until this week uh, the, on Monday night. Uh, Got to be thinking of going up against the Browns, another team that, that pretty much elevates almost any player. Uh I've got to feel really good about Stafford. I mean, look, yeah. he had two weeks ago he had no touchdowns, but he threw for 423 yards. He's thrown for 312, 423, and 361. 
he's putting them up right now. They're the, the the problem that you have from a fantasy standpoint is trying to figure out what to do with any of the running backs here because after the fumbles by Abdullah, now you know he was out of favor, seemed to be coming back into favor in this game, and then lost favor again. You know, is Washington going to have a bigger resurgent role? Is Theo Riddick going to continue to maybe actually make an impact? And Riddick should if they're passing the ball effectively. Although I, I the, the problem with this game, and, but again. They were up against the Packers, and they didn't just lay on the run. They ended up sticking it to the Packers and throwing for that extra touchdown at the end. Here's the other thing. The Browns are actually very good at you know stopping the run this season. Like We talk about it week in and week out, uh, how they're holding down opposing players. They haven't let a single player over 67 yards against them this season. Jeez. So... You know, if you're thinking about playing Amir Abdullah, you better hope that he plays the whole game. Hope that he sees 15 to 18 touches and gets a few targets, you know, to give him some semblance of floor. Uh, But also, you know, they used him well at times, and then they used him awfully at times. When they were getting him out on the edge, he was successful, especially when they did it in the red zone. So maybe that's something that they can go back to, uh, getting out on the edge with Abdullah. But I, I think Washington's a guy we're going to have to wait and see until he takes a major, major step forward. Because really, he was just in there as a clock killer late in the game uh, after Abdullah had fumbled twice. So it's a two-man committee uh, at running back with Theo Riddick as the pass catcher. Uh, and his pass catching really hasn't been up to those levels because Marvin Jones is just toasting people on the outside. Absolutely. And Golden Tate, they're designing quick screens for him, you know, and then allowing him to run those out routes that he's so good at. Here's the great stat line for Theo Riddick last week. Four, four, four targets, four catches, 62 yards. Longest catch, 63 yards. Yeah. <laughs> it was a big play. No, but his longest yeah. play was longer than so it was, yeah, negative yes. yards on all of his other yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love someone that said, uh, and, and maybe it's not right, this is the way my mind works, but like the argument like, hey, I'm the big game, but if you took a, if you took away his big play in that game, yeah, he only had it. <laughs> like and then was someone responded like, wouldn't that probably be true of every single big game ever? That's like saying this. You know what? I, I was uh, I was dominating this boxing match. I had everything until he, you know, I had him on the ropes until he threw that one right. But if you take that one right out, I won that fight. <laughs> no, you got hit by the right hand. Your ass got knocked out. You lost the fight. I like that. That was good. I didn't know where you were going at the start of it, but I'm picking up where you're laying now. Um, oh, you, by the way, uh, interjection, did anyone happen to catch the 30 for 30 on Ric Flair? Woo! No, but I hear... It was good. No, it was really good. I heard he banged like 10,000 chicks. 10,000 so. chicks, he did claim to do that. Uh, I learned a lot about it. I had no well, idea. I'll check that out. You want to say, we're having fun and talking a little bit more uh, than usual, but whatever. We'll cruise through some of these games. Uh Halloween um, last uh, weekend or whatever, maybe two weekends ago. One of the most smoking girls in my building. She kind of like over makeups her face. I wish she didn't to go on natural. But I walk into the elevator, taking out Daisy, 
and it's just her in there, and she's smoking. She's probably six two. What, oh, wow. 20, yeah, 28 years old. She smokes, but she's like, obviously works out a lot. I walk in, she's in full, um, oh, what's the guy? Uh, oh, shit, I'm going to space his name. Good podcast. No, I know. Mr., uh, uh, what's the guy that had the. Uh, Mick Foley? No, he's a wrestler. Yeah, Mick Foley, the animal? Oh, the, no, he was like I the. Can't uh, the I'm spacing this. Um, Ultimate Warrior. Oh. She's in the, like, just the top, like, tight shorts. Has the paint on her? I walk in, I'm like, holy shit. She's like, I'm so embarrassed. I'm picking up my friends in the lobby. I'm like, what? I, obviously, I'd seen this character, but I'm not like a WWF or E guy. I'm like, what are you? She's like, you don't know? I'm like, I know, but I don't know his name. Like, I know. I'm saying, she's like, I'm the ultimate warrior. I'm like, you are the best ultimate warrior of all time. <laughs> and then I bumped into her because she, I walked Daisy, and so I'll make this quick so we can move on. Um, I walked Daisy by her little smoke area, and I go, I walked by like, hey now, there's the ultimate warrior. She's like, oh my god, I'm so embarrassed. Oh my god, so so good. Um, all right, anything else? Talk, Ebron? No. No, didn't do crap. Nothing I mean, else the thing about. is, like Darren Fells and him were splitting snaps. Uh, and they're splitting pass routes, so nothing to be excited about there. They must have not gotten any any offers on them whatsoever. There's no way they're gonna. No, I, him. They should have done. They should have done what the Bills did and not given him his fifth year. But option. at this point in time, they're looking at this. You know, the Lions here are saying, "Look, we got a chance to win this division, right?" So you know, four and four. The team that they got to worry about right now is Minnesota. So you got Ebron. You're going to use them for how you're going to use them, and and, and it, it, if anything, it's an insurance policy. If if Definitely. one of the other guys goes down, but fantasy wise, it's it's just no fun zone. Cool. Let's let's go on to the Steelers at the Colts. Uh, we'll start with the Steelers. You want to start with the Steelers? You start Bell. You start Brown, uh, and then we'll go from there. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know he's got a pretty butter matchup here against the Colts, but he is on the road. Are they going to go with the full sort of you know run and assault that they have when they've been on the road before? That's a definite possibility. But Roethlisberger should be, you know, probably started in the QB ten to twelve range. Um, you know, the Colts are just a thief for fantasy points. They lit it up any which way you want it. So all those guys are viable. The real question is, can you do anything with the combination of Juju and Martavis Bryant, who's expected to be back in the lineup? Yeah. So, what do you do with that? Like, you know, do for the uh, you know, for, uh, do you Juju? Do you start? Do you Juju? Or, I mean, no. Or more so if you have Bryant, because most people, I think, if you picked up Schuster at this point in time, you're probably hoping that you're filling a spot, and so you're probably feeling a lot more confident about playing him. The one that becomes the issue is the one that where everyone's been burned all year. How many times do I have to start Martavis Bryant? Why am I still starting Martavis Bryant? I'm starting him in one league because I'm sitting with buys. Yeah. But otherwise, I don't want to play him. And will when this, that, will this be happens, the week that I get yeah. burned? I feel like because the Colts defense the is so bad. The Colts defense is so bad, and they're bad deep down the field, which gives Martavis a lot of opportunities. But what are the actual opportunities going to be in this game? Is it going to be five targets? Three, be three targets? Yeah. Like, because at that point, like, I can't tell you to go out here and start Martavis Bryant with any sort of stat I can provide. You're doing it out of gut feeling or hope. All right. Well, that's. I'm going. I'm, I have to start with one in the same scenario as you do. I've been burning up, but I kind of feel good about it, just because I feel like they kept him. They didn't move him. 
They're off a bye week. It's kind of like, hey, you're here with us this year. They vibe, They truly think they're going to win a Super Bowl. And if they do, he's got to be a part of those plans, no matter how great Juju is. Um, he, well, he, he's the one that takes the top off. So I kind of feel like they want to get him a good game yeah. to keep other teams off balance. I think the possibility is there that this guy, a game-breaker, can get can break the game open. It's just like that whole thing that we were talking about last week with the way Andy Reid plays a lot of these duck duck and set up, set up, set up, set up just to open other things up. I feel like they have to get Martavis a nice game so that teams are still scared of him. For the whole team scheme. I I, I get you. I get you. So let's, I I think think we're done on Martavis. But here's another one. Let's talk about, you know, another tight end that's going to be out there on the waiver wire. Uh, is this a week that you maybe try to pick and play on Jesse James? Just again because of the poor defense. I mean, because no. yes. I mean, because look at like a lot of leagues. No. Are, what I'm seeing out there, like across like four of my different leagues, that like what's available at tight end. You're looking at like Eric Ebron, Ed Dixon, uh, Jesse James, Mercedes Lewis. Like this is the crap that's out there. Yeah, Ed Dixon probably won't help you. No. So I mean, if you had of those guys, I mean, none. I mean. Garrett Selleck, all in. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, I've got I've got no hope in Jesse James or Vance McDonald, uh, especially if we expect all these receivers to dominate. We expect Bell to dominate. Where are targets coming from for Jesse James and or Vance McDonald? So flipping over to the other side, I think the only Colt you could sort of start right now with like supreme confidence is Jack Doyle. Especially in PPR leagues, yeah. In um, PPR leagues, he's averaging like 17 and a half points over his last uh, five games since returning from injury. Uh, you know, T.Y. Hilton, boom bust, wide receiver three. But he's booming a lot more finally. A little I mean, bit. he boomed last week. Yeah. He's got three boom games this season. Each of those times, he's been like a top five wide receiver in standard leagues. Uh, each of those times he's been targeted exactly nine times. Yeah, he uh, hasn't been targeted double digits yet this year. Yep, that seems like a problem. They need to sort of get him those nine, ten, eleven targets in a game because we know he can break one. Uh, so if they're gonna, you know, funnel targets his way, it should be good times. But, but Pittsburgh's also a tough, tough pass defense. Just want to go back to when we were talking at the beginning of the year. Remember when Andrew Luck was going to be out, and we were talking about what do we make of T.Y. Hilton. I think he's done it pretty much about exactly what we thought, if, if not even a little bit better, because those boom games that he had have been a 153, a 177, and a 175. With what, five touchdowns combined? Um, no, he's got three touchdowns. Three. So, but still, the fact is that, you know, he never really got more than five, six touchdowns out of a year anyway, so he's on pace to have those numbers. He's He's got 700 receiving yards already, so... Quietly, with a horrible year, even with just those, but the problem is that it's coming in those boom games. He's going to end up being an 1100 yard receiver. Well, well, well he's on pace for a 1250. Right. I, mean, I don't think it's going to be, you know, you can't count on yeah. the other big boom games. Again. And it's getting better because Jacoby Brissett is now getting comfortable sure. with the offense. Time Look, is getting better. Get, he, and he can chuck the ball. He can get that. Uh, and he's got enough athleticism to kind of let the play be open. Uh, going to a, a great stag party piece that we uh, posted on the site yesterday. Site being pyromaniac.com, just in case you're popping in. Uh, top positional weeks. Um, at quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, after getting traded, what, we decided a few days before the season started, he's got, out of nine games played, he's got four top 12 quarterback performances. 
Now you look at who are guys that he's ahead of there. Um, a couple of them have uh, lesser games due to buy, but Drew Brees only has three out of eight games where he's top 12. Matt Ryan, three out of eight. Jared Goff, three out of eight. Uh, Eli Manning, three, uh, Winston. So basically, Jacoby Brissett, from a fantasy standpoint, and that obviously trickles down to uh, um, a T.Y. Hilton, is is viable. He's, he's right there. He's tied with Cam Newton. The thing is, his viability is a lot based on his legs. You know, rushing touchdowns that are bringing you points. Uh, you know, the passing numbers have been inconsistent. At but on those big games where he's going to T.Y., those are, those are probably all those weeks that are three of those four weeks are the big T.Y. weeks. Yeah, I mean, he's Hopefully a rushing. He's stupid enough to not know. He's a rushing, t- <laughs> but he's a rushing touchdown threat. I mean, he's got a hundred and what, six, uh, forty-seven yards uh, rushing this season. So that that gives him a little bit of safety blanket of a couple points. But I, I'm not against the Steelers. Yeah. No. Okay. Let's. Can we uh, move on, or you got to talk about some That's running it. backs? I mean, I, I, it's not a good week for the running backs. I mean, you're looking at this Pittsburgh defense. I mean, what are they allowing to uh, to running backs? Well, actually, they're middle allowing, of the pack. They're middle of the pack, 17.4 points per game. Um, it, it, the problem is that they're going to be jumping all over them score-wise. I, I don't think that the Colts are going to be able to keep up, so they're not going to be able to rely on the running game. You're going to see more of the running backs doing damage as receivers probably than as running backs. I mean, they're probably only going to end up, you're going to probably see a run-pass uh, differential about 60-40 by, by probably by the end of the game. I'd say it's a lot higher than that. Higher than that? <laughs> okay. All right, let's, um, let's move on. Let's move on to Chargers at the Jaguars. Uh, Chargers, we start there. Pretty sure they're coming off their bye week. What are uh, let's Jaguars? I mean, they're pretty much still still number one uh, offense, kind of defense. starting to. I mean, defense kind of starting to even pull away a little bit. They're getting better and better each week. Um, so they're number one against the quarterbacks. I mean, look, they're only allowing six point seven points to uh, quarterbacks this yep. year. So you shouldn't start Philip Rivers. Yes. Yeah. Get this out of the way quick. Phillip Rivers might be in trouble. That is Phillip Rivers is a sit. Uh, Keenan Allen, because he's going to play mostly out of the slot and could see a lot of volume, you could play him. But guys like Tyrell Williams, Mike Williams, uh, Travis Benjamin, they're all out playing on the outside against A.J. Boye and Jalen Ramsey. 11.3, the total points per game allowed to wide receivers by Jacksonville. That's better than Denver uh, the last couple of years. So... Those, number, those numbers, when you look against the rest of the pack, they're just like, but they, they're eye-popping. Number two allows 14 points per game. Yeah. That's ridiculous. That's a 2.7-point difference per week from one to two, you know, let alone when you get to, like, number, where, where's number five, 16.2. So you got a five-point difference between the top five. Are you, and you're talking about wide receiver? Just like giving up points to wide receiver. Wide receiver, and then you go to the lat, the, the worst wide receiver is giving up twenty eight point one. Oh, Jesus, there you go. Well, it's the same thing with the quarterbacks. They're giving they're holding quarterbacks at three point three less points per game than the number two defense in the league. Hey, so who do you like starting this game? Half of the average. Who, yeah. who do you like starting this game? The running back, Melvin Gordon. Gordon, that's, that's it. it. Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry, like you, this you, one? Can, you can't attack the Jaguars with your tight ends. 
so I would like to see Hunter Henry and Melvin Gordon. If Philip Rivers is going to be successful, he's probably going to avoid passing deep down the field to Tyrell Williams and Travis Benjamin in favor of short passes to the running back and tight end. I picked up Hunter Henry, who's dropped this week because I had to place spec play him. I never didn't draft a, draft a second tight end uh, for Travis Kelsey. So you shouldn't have. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Let's uh, let's move on to our next game. Uh, and before we do, you know, let's do us a favor. Keep the lights on. Listen to a we word. We should probably go over and talk about the Jaguars, but yes. Oh. Yes, okay, I already thought that we did. Sorry, that's right. I'm going off the screen. Usually I got a printout and it looks better. Um, all right, so yeah, Jaguars. Let's do Jaguars. I'm we'll pulling up all my Jacksonville stuff right now. Go, go, like, for, it, go for it. Go for it. Jags, let's get them up. Going up against the Los Angeles Chargers, this is another game where it should be huge for Leonard Fournette. Uh, and you probably want to avoid Blake Bortles and his weapons. So it's Leonard Fournette and no one. Leonard Fournette should be, you know, well rested. When the game takes place Sunday, it'll be 28 days since he took his last carry. So that's a plenty of rest for a guy like Leonard Fournette for the home stretch of the season. You know, they're allowing the 25th most fantasy points to opposing running backs on the season. And, you know, how they're doing it is they are getting torched, torched by opposing running backs. Um, just rushing them all. So. so here's the other thing. So people are going to look at it and go, wait, wait, wait. What about Marquise Lee? What about Marquise Lee? He got 12 targets last week. Fournette wasn't playing. <laughs> you know, you got to think about that too. So while Marquise Lee is still probably the best option in the passing game out there, like I trust him a lot more than I trust Alan Hearns or uh, any of these other guys out there right now. Um, but what's the volume? He had 12 Targets last week got eight catches for 75 yards, got the score. The scores are not something that you could ever count out with Mark Heasley, so you're hoping for at least. So, in this game, I'm probably figuring scale it back down. He's probably not going to get 12 targets, he's probably only going to get maybe eight targets. So, then figure about five catches, 45 yards, and you're probably not going to get the score. The old stag party five for 50. You got anything else to say on any of these jamokes? No, DD Westbrook uh, could be back, but. That's something I can't write on against the Chargers. Yeah, you got, we got to see it before we believe it. Um, all right, let's move on to the Saints and the Bills. But before we do so, now we will listen. You are right this time. We will listen to a word from our sponsor. Dun dun dun. Bum bum bum. Saints at the Bills. Windini. Windini. Where's my llamas? Where's my llamas of the Bahamas? Oh, I had it on mute. That's why. Sweet llamas of the Bahamas. (laughs) Oh, I guess we got an extra ad in there. Um, So looking at the Saints at the Bills, you know, with how the Saints have been running the ball with the combination of Alvin Kamara and uh, Mark Ingram, they're both locked into your lineup. The question is, Drew Brees, is he going to get back throwing it? Because overall, it's been dump-offs to Alvin Kamara. It's been short passes to Michael Thomas. It's been like one deep shot a game to Ted Ginn. And Willie Sneed's their house bitch who does nothing. <laughs> Didn't he hit zero targets this week, right? Yep, he's had zero targets while playing just a few snaps over the last couple of weeks. So I want nothing to do with Willie Sneed. Ted Ginn in standard leagues has more fantasy points than Michael Thomas. In PPR, that flips. 
Ted Ginn's probably a wide receiver three uh, with upside, but also that Deshaun Jackson-like downside. Michael Thomas is a guy who's going to get you five catches. Uh, you know, Michael. Seth, he's going to get you like his average is like seven catches for eighty yards. Yeah, but the downside okay. is more of the five catches. Like I think games in Michael Thomas's career with less than five catches is the same as that number of catches five. So, gotcha. you know, that's the downside. Could he have an upside game here against the Bills? I think it's a possibility. You know, Kobe Fleener, Michael Nui, and, you know, Josh Hill, they're all sort of alternating snaps, so there's no real viable tight end play. Uh, so I, the, the people you're most excited to play are the running backs, and then Drew Brees is probably a back-end QB1 because he just hasn't put up that you know, 300 yard every game or 300 two touchdown every game. Um, so he's more of a back end streamer type, but luckily with a lot of quarterbacks on by that are good, you know, maybe Drew Brees is, you know, a plug in if you're a Wentz owner or a Smith owner who's been all well, I, I think this is a game for the running backs. You know, the, you know, the way that it stacks out. And I think I was right last week when I said those fumbles by Ingram. Kamara. Did, did Kamara get a single extra carry? He's going to get more this week. <laughs> he's he not. Help? He's not. Like, he's, he's just doing he, more. Well, you can, say, you can say that he's not, but at the beginning of the game, he was in the game on the first drive. Then he was in the game on the second drive. They, before, he was. they were really going a lot more heavy Ingram, Ingram, Ringham, and Kamara was out there. Kamara kept coming back out there in red zone. Is he going to get the volume of carries that matter in the end? No, but because if he's, he's getting, getting red zone and carries. he's getting more of the carries throughout, then I'm not having to wait and count on garbage time or some other time just when he's when, when Ingram's winded. I think they really like Kamara. They but do, but they, they, they like him in the 15 to 16 touch range. All right, like it's sort yeah. of proven right now, right? Here's a couple of stats. Mark Ingram has about 80 more snaps than Alvin Kamara. Uh, he outsnapped him by 10 in the last game. Uh, but collectively, and this is the only reason why I could see Kamara getting more and more because he's a bit more explosive. Um, don't think he's going to eat too much into Ingram. I, 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 like, I like him getting the secondary touches. But as a duo this year, they're the best duo at running back in the league. So as a coach... Peyton, and that's one of the reasons why it's coming down for Breeze. It's like, hey, we got a good thing going here. Let's not be total idiots and, and go away from it. So I think that helps both of them, where I think hopefully Mark Ingram steps up his game a little bit. He's been good. And uh, if, if Kamara keeps doing what he's doing, then yes, he's gonna. It's the, the numbers are going to start evening out. But right now, they're they're kind of the perfect uh, complement to one another. Alvin Kamara, over the last three weeks, is RB2. Mark Ingram is RB6, and this is in standard leagues. They're both locked into your lineup. Yeah. I think this week in PPR, uh, Kamara destroyed destroyed him. It was like almost like upper 20s to like 8 points or whatever. But uh, that was was a huge week for Kamara. It was. Uh, Called by Stags and by Horvath in the DFS. Well done. Um, All right. Let's... uh, for the Bills. Yeah, let's move on from them all around. We'll Kelvin go. Benjamin will see his first action. Great. Think? He's going to get fucking shit on by Marshawn Lattimore is what I think. That's the call? Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Plus, if he's only playing a handful of snaps, Tyrod Taylor, 
you know, completing 18, 19 passes a game. <laughs> you know, what do you what do you want? Like, you're you're starting Kelvin Benjamin with hopes and prayers. Yeah, it's it's, it's not it's not how I play fantasy football. No, well, that's not a good way to play fantasy football. Especially with Charles Clay back this week, you know, they're going to have a lot more viability at the tight end position, a lot more consistency. So I, I like Charles Clay in this matchup. Uh, you know, all the receivers, I'm sort of off. Like, Kelvin Benjamin's sort of a touchdown or bust type of play in this offense. And we don't know how they're going to funnel touches uh, to him. And... You know, they like to run the ball in the red zone. This is a team that will use Mike Tolbert and LaShawn McCoy when healthy. The question is, is how healthy is LaShawn McCoy right now? That's a question. Um, it's a question I don't have an answer to. No. But, you know what? I got an answer to a question of. Zay Jones finally starting his Hall of Fame career last also, game. Also getting injured. <laughs> and also he came now, back though, and twice. And then he got all, injured after that again. Oh, and then also right. now having to deal with the fact that Kelvin Benjamin's there, which probably moves him back to wide receiver three. So do you guys think I jumped it in puts a little him in the bit on my Hall of Fame call? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I told you that then. That's like, oh wow. Uh, Sometimes I like to have my epiphanies. <laughs> uh, but Zay Jones could, hey. He could benefit from having Charles Clay back. He could benefit from having Kelvin Benjamin he on the outside. He needs to have other people to draw attention away so he can work against the second, third, fourth defenders on teams is what he needs. Yeah, remember when, we, when he initially got him, we thought Sammy was going to be the one that was going to open the shit up for him. Right. And we're like, nah. See ya, Sammy. <laughs> I uh, froze my beer by keeping it in the refrigerator too long. <laughs> Drinking like a pansy. Uh, in the refrigerator or the freezer? freezer? Okay, yeah. I was going to say. You got a refrigerator that just gradually gets colder? <laughs> I do. Um, I, I, Tyrod Taylor is probably the best start here, but you know that's just because his rushing ability, The you know he'll get a few shots in the red zone. He just has that sort of 15-point floor that's nice. But his upside, we probably saw his upside last week, and that was a lot predicated on garbage time. Yeah. And the Saints' defense has actually been... Pretty good. And, you know, the question is, are they going to be as good out of the dome? Uh, on, on, on the, oh, you mean where Kelvin Benjamin's slower? Yeah, I think they'll be all right. Yeah. Well, I think, well, they're not worried about Kelvin Benjamin. They have complete familiarity with him being in the division for all They just don't have... That's not the problem. The thing is, it's going to be where is Cameron Jordan going to be able to be as quick where he would be able to potentially cause the disruption that he's been causing all year because he's been a beast up front. All right, can we move on to the next game? Sure. Uh, uh, Jets at Buccaneers. All righty. The Jets. McCown. McCown versus Fitzpatrick in a dual revenge oh, game. How about that? A dual revenge game. Both of them playing against their former teams. Probably the best wonderlick uh, of quarterbacks ever facing each other in the history of the league. I don't know if Josh McCown had a good one. Yeah, where do you go to school? I don't know. I just thought he was. <laughs> just because he, well, <laughs> I just he, was he had Ryan. a nice square head. <laughs> I know I have an opportunity because Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. Yeah. So anytime he's matched up with yeah. anyone, it's going to be a good thing to score. He's upset. Yeah, it's good. Now, I guarantee you, actually, McCown and his brother are total idiots. Sam Houston <laughs> yeah. State He doesn't University. look like the brightest bulb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, looking at it from the Jets' side, Matt Forte had a breakout last week. Uh, 
you know, if they're getting in the red zone and giving them opportunities to convert, then his value is much higher. I think what we saw Bilal Powell make some explosive plays. I get one called back. Yeah, I, I mean, he was just so hit or miss in terms of it was, you know, two yards or he hit a big one. Uh, so I don't know how much you could trust him overall, but the Buccaneers are weak. So I think they're both sort of – I think Matt Forte is locked in as an RB2 range running back. You know, Bilal Powell's a RB3 type flex, uh, depending on how deep your league is or if it's PPR. I think they're both viable. Uh, Matt Forte in PPR leagues, you know, since coming back from his injury, every week has been in double-digit fantasy points. I like this week for Robbie Anderson, you know, taking advantage. Josh McCown takes the deep shots. You talk about – Love Josh Ann. We uh, talk about how many how many deep shots is uh, is Martavis going to get? How many deep shots is Ted Ginn going to get in a week? Well, Robbie Anderson is going to get about five or six. Yeah, they're using him in the red zone. Uh, I, I, I like. I think I've got Robbie Anderson as like a top fifteen wide receiver this week. Oh yeah, you do. You do. I, no, higher higher than that. The I heat mean, index has it much higher. Yeah, heat, heat index has him like literally like number six right now. I know that'll change as as Tampa we get Bay closer to the, the the day. And that's something I want to say on the show that we've we've said it on Twitter and stuff, and talking to Stags, and we're you know we're up pretty early on Sundays and talking about stuff. And hey, how's it going? I'm checking this out and just kind of communicating, not trying to step on anyone's toes, but there's so much stuff going on. We're getting all these questions on social media, second opinions. But one thing to know about our player rankings, whether you're a pyro pro and you're getting the whole suite and seeing the pyro heat index, or whether you're just going to it, uh, going to it and getting the grid of guys, amen. Um, that, that's great too. But make sure that you don't, they change. These are a fluid uh, our player rankings every week are fluid, literally until the point where the inactives and such, which come out at 11 o'clock on 10 Sunday 30. morning, 1030 on Sunday but morning. But it does take But it takes you a while. <laughs> yeah, it takes you a while. So literally, I know we all have other things in life, but if you want the most up-to-date, up-to-the-moment, final, final version of the Pyro Heat Index and our player rankings, the truth is you've got to be coming and looking at them after those inactives and letting Stags change and do his little tinkering of the dials and get moving guys around. So I just want to make sure, like, if you go there on Friday and you set your lineup and you just sit with it, amen. They're probably going to be some great rankings. But if you really want to go to the final, final bell of what we're doing on these, you're going to be checking them out on Sunday and plopping them in uh, right before the game start because there's so much information that happens that isn't even about the player itself, so to speak. You know, the wide receiver might be healthy all the way, but it's also about an offensive lineman or two that might not play. The running back's in. What's going on with the quarterback? So many other situations that happen. Um, other defenders that they're going against. So there's just so much that happens on that Sunday morning. I think it's important just to put that out there. Um, are we still on? We're on the Bucks now. We moved over to the Bucks. Uh, are we done on the Jets? Is there anything else we need to talk about? ASJ. 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 I mean, Jermaine Curse could get a bump here with Jeremy Curley, you know, suspended for the next four games. He could see a bump. He's just been consistent. So if you're looking was for Jeremy like, Curley, seen a couple bumps. Uh, I believe <laughs> he, it was performance enhancing like. drugs. Hey, uh, it helped the performance enhance for Lawrence Taylor. You know, you never know. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> Probably the best. Uh, I heard they were talking. To, they were talking to Michael Irvin on the score today. And they were asking, like, who was the best? Uh, I don't know if it was like that or if it was another conversation later, but who was the best player ever to play while, while coked up? <laughs> well, one of them was the guy we talked about earlier, Josh Gordon. 
He admitted, he'd be like, oh yeah, I'd, I'd, just get, I'd smoke some weed. He probably didn't say it, but he did a lot of blow. I guarantee the guy did weed blow. He actually said he would drink. Yeah, I know. He would drink before. I, I liked, I, when I used to play hoops, I liked to get pretty baked, and I had some of my best hoops games ever where you're baked and just everything's just in the moment. But drinking before going playing sports does not there's, seem there's like only, it, there's unless only, you're in like curling. No. Here are the sports for drinking where you have that three to five beers where you're on fire. That's Darts, cool. pool, yeah. parlor games. Exactly. Parlor games. Not Amen. where you have to do cardio. Yeah. Parlor games, drinking. Or bowling, but, you know. For sure. That's it. All right. Um, what do you got, Stag Party? I mean, with the Buccaneers, you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, this week. You've got no Mike Evans, you know, whose suspension has been upheld uh, by the arbitrator. So now you're looking at... You know, Deshaun Jackson is the number one Cameron Brake connection. You know, Cameron Brake's cooled down a little bit, but, you know, he's probably still going to be locked this, in your lineup. This is also going to be one where you're going to see probably more Adam Humphreys, and you get a chance maybe to see Godwin a little bit. Yeah, and you like all those things. But I think it's, you know, Deshaun Jackson's probably a wide receiver three, dart throw, sort of like he always is. I don't think you can really change his projection. Adam Humphreys should be a guy who sees, I mean, he sees 17% of Ryan Fitzpatrick's throws this year. So that's a pretty good number to give him maybe a 5-for-50 type game if you're desperate in PPR. Um, and Brayton needs a bounce-back game. Brayton needs you a know, he, back. He, he had just a, a horrendous game last week, but basically the entire team did. So I almost think, that, again, when you don't have Mike Evans there, you're going to... Deshaun Jackson, how many routes does Deshaun Jackson have? How many targets do you really think Deshaun's going to get? You're not going to give Deshaun a 13-14 target game. So maybe Deshaun's getting eight. Brake could be the guy that ends up with 12 targets, and then you're going to get maybe eight, nine targets thrown uh, Humphrey's way. Do you guys know what this is? Do you know what this is? Something you're going to stick in your mouth. It's a W. I'm eating W. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Are you on the? He Mar- doesn't see it. Are you on? You have not seen. The are you on the Mariota over Winston train after seeing that? Oh video? yes, <laughs> yes. You you gotta go check this out. Yeah. It's the weirdest thing Winston's ever done. Like even like Deshaun and the teammates were like. This is like, his celebration. Was like before the game. Before the game. Speech. Speech. He's eating W's. Watch out! What do I got here? This is a W. I'm eating a W. We're eating a W. And he's like sticking his finger in his mouth. He's fisting his mouth with this weird W. Let's move on. You got to check it out. It's All like, right. The, like Deshaun Jackson in the background is just like, this guy's uh, Dude, I'm not eating this I'm not eating any of that stuff. I don't go to Publix. Yeah, exactly. Now we know how he got caught on those uh, lots of like, crabs. Go on. The running backs, though, that's the major question. Peyton Barber's been involved and yeah. using a little bit of to Chris Rogers. They're using a little bit of Charles Sims. They're using too little of Doug Martin, and that makes all these guys risky, risky starts. Doesn't it seem like today, over social media, so many of the people over Twitter, that so many people are asking about Doug Martin? What do you think about Doug Martin? It's like there's a lot of people that want to be happy about Doug Martin, maybe because Winston's out, maybe, maybe because finally it's done. But I feel like... More than ever, these guys are playing four running backs. I mean, it's it's four guys. Yeah, at, at this point in time, they're trying. Look, they're trying to save their season. They're piecemealing it all together, so it's going to be or it'll be a hot hand type situation. But if you if, if Martin is getting those early carries and he's going to get stuff for four carries on the first two drives for for seven yards, uh, you're probably not going to see too many the rest of the game, and it's going to become the committee and whoever 
goes off, it's going to be to get the ball. I mean, last week Peyton Barber saw 29 snaps, Doug Martin 18, Charles Sims 18, uh, Jaquiz Rogers finally didn't see any on offense. So but that's just shit. that's crazy. Barber is 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 the snap count leader on that team last week. So we'll see if anything changes. Like Doug Martin's like a desperation flex. But, but is Barber also more of the receiving threat? Not really. Not really. Yeah. I mean, he did Barber, have. Some wasn't receiving. he? Wasn't he on our team? No. No. no I'm thinking of someone else. I know Jack Quiz was on our team, but I thought, okay, yeah, I'm thinking of somebody else. Now, I would have remembered a guy that we had on our team that was like Walter Payton, Tiki Barber. I would have remembered that. <laughs> I mean, Payton Barber had 13 touches last week, 11 carries for 34 yards, uh, three targets, two receptions, 20 yards. You know, he's he's got 26 season looks. So that was pretty much half of the season total to them. But if they're minimizing to Quiz Rogers and using more Peyton Barber, that that's something to look forward to. You know, foreshadowing maybe Peyton Barber just does something to establish himself as the top guy. Yeah, interesting. All right, I think we can move on. From well, this and, and again, this is the last year of Doug Martin's contract too, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. I thought he just re-signed before last year, Did he re-sign? like a three-year, oh, four-year, four, four-year. Pretty big deal. 16. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, they, I wonder if they're eating W's on that one. <laughs> they could have cut them. For, they they could have cut them with no repercussions because of the suspension, but yeah. they didn't. So, well, he's, he's eating, eating twice. W's. I think with a muscle hamster, you're, you're shoving uh, gerbils up your ass. <laughs> oh, you're going for your gear. gear. You're going gear on us. Getting geared up. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, hey, hey, hamster, get geared up for today. No, no, the youngsters. Gordon like, smoked weed. I'm yeah, taking a gerbil. The best thing ever. I think he's gonna go sneak a gerbil right yeah. now. Well, the best thing ever. I remember, um, you know, my guy is Perry Farrell from Jane's Addiction. Mm-hmm. This is when he was with Porno for Pyros and it was at the MTV Music Awards. And uh, he's all dressed up. You know, he's always messed up, fucked up. It's probably like 1995 or so. And that's when Cindy Crawford, who was dating Richard Gere at the time, was like an MTV announcer. Right. And they were going to the MTV Music Awards and interviewing all the artists. And, like, she interviews Perry and the rest of the porn pirate guys. And he's like, yeah. And he, he totally brought up the gerbil, the gerbil in the ass, Richard Gere thing to Cindy Crawford, and you could, the it just I can't do it verbatim, but just the look, what he said, and the look on her face, like, all right, thanks a lot, thanks, find, okay, <laughs> find it, going down the red carpet, find it and tweet it out to our to our listeners. To be honest, I've looked for it. Yeah. This shit, this is like hard. It's that's a hard, that's obscure, but I remember watching it like... All right, listeners, up. any of our older listeners out there that got your VCR tapes recorded <laughs> at, send it to D-Rex, uh, it was and we'll take care of it. Well, I'll tell you this, in one of my leagues, after that happened, a guy who like who always wants to be topical, changes his team name every yeah, single yeah. year, uh, for for three years, though, he was Richard Gere's gerbil. <laughs> that was his team, fantasy football team name, and, the, oh, yeah. and his picture was a little gerbil. <laughs> What's that called? Snarfing? I don't know. I don't know. I just we'll, move, we'll move on. We'll move on. <laughs> God, I love and then my that, drink and that's, on and that's what made uh, South Park do the Lemmy Winks uh, episode where the gerbil was, <laughs> was in the guy's anus, Mr. Slave's anus. Oh, yeah, I love it. we got to move on. We've lost a couple of our audience members. Uh, we well, love you guys. If we, if we did, then I got this to say for you. Sweet lion of Zion. 
Lion in Zion. Um, all right, we're moving on to the um, <coughs> Vikings <coughs> at the Redskins. Uh, Sam Bradford shelled today, right, for the mm-hmm. season? And Teddy Bridgewater uh, activated. Yes. Teddy Bridgewater activates. That's pretty Case, awesome. Here's, Case the Teddy, Bri- here's the Teddy Bridgewater. A little little golf clap. Well, Happy for the guy. They thought, if, if, they Bradford, thought he would have to get his leg if cut Bradford off. Bradford didn't get hurt. Now all of a sudden, Bradford, uh, Bridgewater has a chance to get back into the NFL. No, it's awesome. It's, it's pretty crazy because after that injury, which was horrific that he had. Yeah, they thought he might not come back. Right, but I, in the way that Bradford had, was playing last year, the way that he started out with week one and was yeah. coming, there was a potential that, that Bridgewater would have been one of those guys would have had to wait like another year or so to finally you know, hook up with another team and maybe get a chance. So for him... It's great that he potentially can get a chance. I don't, not, not, he's yeah. not going to play this week. Well, but. stay party. What do you What do you think? Rest of the season, long term, is Case it Keenum? Keenum. I think it's Case Keenum right now until he does something wrong. Yeah. I mean, right now you're winning football games with Case Keenum at quarterback. Why are you going to go in and make a change uh, for something that's obviously working? I mean, he's getting the ball out to guys like Jarek McKinnon, Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, using all his weapons. Kyle Rudolph, he's just using everything at his disposal. They're calling a good game plan for Case Keenum. It's working. The defense is putting him in good yeah. positions. And let's not act like Teddy Bridgewater is some god. No, I'm just saying. No, I was just I was Teddy, saying we're, we're basically just like you know, good for the guy to yeah, maybe get a chance. Absolutely, but long term, I don't know if there's a place for Teddy Bridgewater in Minnesota. Did you really think that there was a? Uh, let me ask you, D-Rex. Did you really think before the injury that Teddy Bridgewater was? Wow, this is a viable NFL quarterback for 10 years. No. I mean, yeah, maybe a viable NFL quarterback, but well, maybe no. not starting, a no, no. Starting NFL quarterback, and then definitely still not a viable fantasy option. Yeah, you could tell kind of that it wasn't a great first-round pick. He's more he's a he's great backup. There's a lot of people that love this guy. But also remember, when he came in, he was going to be the guy that was the most pro-ready, able to go in there, yep. step in. And what happens with those guys is that they sometimes lack their development. And I, I don't know. The injury that he had is, is will, will completely stunt to that. Yeah, I also think they handcuffed him the way you know Mitchell Trubisky's been handcuffed so sure. far. So without you just call him Mitchell. You've been listening. You've been you're, you've been listening to his advice. Yeah. Oh, he wants to be called Mitchell. Yeah. Um, so, quick question. Let's not talk about the quarterback because, in all honesty, you don't, you're not, you're not playing those guys. I mean, Case Keenum's probably a pretty good start this week. He is. Yeah. Okay, I like it. Okay, tell us more, and then let's move on. Redskins did a decent job last week uh, of allowing 26 fantasy points. Yeah, but a lot of that was all in the last drive, though. Yeah. The last two drives. Minnesota. All the offense in that game was in the last two. Minnesota coming off a bye week. Minnesota coming off of bye week with two weeks to prepare for Washington. You know, sometimes they struggle to get pressure, and sometimes they just unleash what Zach Brown on people, uh, and that changes the game. Can he? That was like one of the best games of the season by any linebacker. I don't know if he can replicate that all the time. So I, I like Case Keenum to get the ball out of his hands quick to all these weapons. I mean, he's got. Adam Thielen out of the slot. He's got Stephon Diggs back healthy. Jarek McKinnon catching the ball out of the backfield. These guys should all be locked into your lineups. Even Kyle Rudolph's probably a good play. I mean, the Redskins aren't a very scary team except for on the outside a corner where they can be tough. So maybe you just you know adjust your expectations for Diggs a little bit. 
So what are you, are you thinking Diggs is, uh, are you happy starting Diggs this week? Yeah, more as a wide receiver three than a wide receiver two. But I do think they're going to make it uh, a prerogative to get Stephon Diggs the ball. But he should see you know, a good portion of Josh Norman. Uh, and his physicality could take him out of the game. But then we saw Doug Bartman you know, toast this guy off the line of scrimmage. And then that's when Norman struggles in catch-up mode. What did you think about uh, Norman's punch to the ball sack to uh, Jimmy Graham? Did you see that one? No. Oh, yeah. I, th- I just called it Josh Norman move. Yeah, he, yeah, it's a Josh That's Gordon. a class he's, move. That's a class move. He's yeah. cheap. He's respect cheap. I actually like the guy. Respect your brother. He, he, he's, he's cheap. Um, all right, uh, what else we got to talk about? McKinnon versus uh, Murray. It seemed like McKinnon, yeah, time. Murray came back after a good week two weeks ago. Um, is kind of relegated. It's all McKinnon, right? It's not all McKinnon. It's probably a 50-50 split. But McKinnon's getting better. Yeah, McKinnon's getting more valuable touches with receptions. Uh, he's better when they get him on the outside of the formations. He's more explosive. So all those things are providing him you know, a pretty safe floor. But if you need a desperation flex, you can play Latavius Murray. Why, I bungled the Kongo. Um, flipping, flipping over to the other side, uh, that's where it's going to get interesting. Is Jamison Crowder going to be back healthy with his hamstring injuries? Uh, Jordan Reed going to be back healthy? Uh, we know Terrell Pryor is sort of being phased out. Are they going to target Josh Dotson more? I mean, this guy's got, what, 11 targets? you on got the too team? many questions for me there, Stags. I don't know. Is Josh Dotson – I mean, he's got three catches of, like, 38 yards or more on his 11 catches. Look. He's got, what, three or four touchdowns? Like, the guy's producing fantasy points on very little targets. But here's the thing. Think about it. He's filling the Deshaun Jackson role last year. Look at what Deshaun Jackson, I thought. You're going to Tampa Bay. You got Mike Evans there. You're going to have Jameis Winston who likes to throw the ball downfield. Boom, it's going to be a big, big potential. It's not there. You look at what he did when he was with Kirk Cousins. It was there. Josh Doxson, he's getting in position. Kirk Cousins can put the ball into the in, into that spot. That's, that's not the problem. And now they're starting to get a little bit better chemistry on those downfield passes, and that just takes some time. And remember, Doxson, he wasn't even on the field for, for the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, Dotson, 11 receptions, excuse me. But since week four, he's had at least uh, three targets in every game. That's not reassuring. Uh, you know, it's been between three or five targets. Is there going to be a big target game for him? I don't know that there is. But can he get to be a six-target-a-game guy? Yes. I think, I think he needs he to be can. more in the seven or eight-target range to be fantasy viable weekly. Like, I've been playing D- Josh Dotson because I'm in a super deep league out, yeah. out of, like, desperation. It's turned out all right with touchdowns and things along those lines. But Can, can, can Pryor, I know he's on the outs right now, but with Reed... And, Jay, and Crowder, neither of which practice today. Doesn't mean they're not going to be game ready. But I think weren't they not playing last week? That they didn't play last week. Neither didn't play last week. He didn't do shit. He was still like third or fourth in snaps. And, and you know right. what it is too? Right. It's also that the team doesn't have that much invested in him. He was a one-year project, right? He bet on himself. But he's, they they actually spent a lot of money on him. I mean, they did, mil, but whatever. One year, eleven million, right? And, and But you know what? You scratched off as it's a failure. At least we don't have to be worried about, I have to figure out a way to make it work because I have him under contract and i got to keep him for the next year as well. 
You remember a week and a half ago, he even sent out like a press release being like, hey, I was always used to getting the ball, and now there's a lot of good players. It seems like, dude, you've been a wide receiver like one year where you had this. I like Pryor, but yeah, he's got a safe face. He wanted to be like, I don't want to be a sulker, I don't want to be a diva, because his agent's like, dude, it's probably not going to work. This betting on yourself here hasn't been great. But still, there's an opportunity where you can sign. People know you got the talent. And don't, don't burn your bridges yeah. and don't, don't, don't stream. Be a good teammate. Right. Be a good locker room guy or else he'll be like, you know what? Boom. Well, because Rick, has he ever played on a winning team? This is as close as he's got. So, Besides Ohio State. <laughs> well, right. So that's the point. And if you're going to have other teams and you want to be able to sign on with a good team so you can have a good quarterback. Yeah. If you do dust-ups and, and create skirmishes, it ain't going to happen. No one's going to sign you. I personally would love it if the Bears, after this season, signed them. I would think that would be, that'd be a great move. Without spending too much money. But right. you know, because you wouldn't have to. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's And true. he would probably need to take at least a three-year deal at this point in time just because how long can you keep betting on yourself before you're betting yourself out of the league? It's true. It's true. Um, anything else we want to talk about on the Redskins running back? Uh, Rob Kelly, it looks like... Uh, he's getting it, obviously. If you've got Chris Thompson, um, this he's This is a tough guy. defense, man. I you know, want nothing I don't want anything to do You're out on everyone. So basically, you Thompson's the best play. It's the number one defense against running backs, 12.8 points per game. Thompson's the best play just because of his receiving ability. Yes. Uh, everybody else, I don't really want anything to do with that. Um, Chris Thompson, number seven in standard scoring for running backs. The touchdowns, you know, his, and he breaks off big chunk plays because he's never the guy that's out there taking the first, second down uh, punishment. And they're putting him they, – he gets the ball in space. They do a great job of getting him the ball where he can be effective with it. And that's what it comes down to. And against Minnesota, I, you know, even though he's the best play, it's not a strong play, you know. Um, this is going to be one of those – this is going to be one of those games that probably has the potential to be one of the lower scoring games on the week. Could be like a 21, 17, 20 to 14 type game. I need to go. I, I actually was logged out, so I got to make sure that my stats were right there um, on Chris Thompson. I wasn't logged in in standard because I wanted to check out what he was doing in PPR. In standard, Chris Thompson's eight, and in PPR, let's go. How many touchdowns has he got? PPR, he's eight, so it didn't matter. Touchdowns <laughs> of the season, he's got five, five, two yeah. running, three catching. That's the thing when you're scoring touchdowns, and, and this is the thing in the NFL right now. We don't have the ridiculous dominators of, of the late '90s, early 2000s, where you're getting 28, 30 touchdowns from a running back or 25 touchdowns. If you're getting on a season, eight to nine touchdowns, you become a top 15 type player. I agree. All right. Are we, uh, anything else you want to Unless you're, unless you're just a vulture. <laughs> if Reed's out, go to fucking Vernon Davis. Like, yeah, he's getting the target share, man. It's All right. great for Vernon Davis. Let's move on to the last game of the early matchups, and this is the Bengals at the Titans. Uh, good news for AJ Green owners. He did not get suspended after that little temper tantrum. Personally, for me, I love it. I think Ramsey's just—he's just always in your face. I—I I don't understand how players don't lose it more with him. Um, I like it for Green for the rest of the season. Built, get a little spark. Uh, kind of a, one of the 
his only embarrassing moments kind of as an NFL player, so to speak, and where people are talking about him in a negative light. Uh, so I could just see this being a, a great thing on concentration, being hungry, and, and I like what it can do for him in fantasy and on the field for the rest of the season. All the thing I got to say is when, you, when you're on a football field, don't punch a helmet. Oh, my God, I'm watching that going, stop, stop. You're going to break your hand. I'm going to have you lose you for the whole goddamn season. What are you thinking? So, do you believe that this is going to be the A.J. Green blow-up game stag party, or is this going to be a Joe Mixon coming out party? Uh, I better be A.J. Green because Joe Mixon just can't get it done behind that line. Uh, looking at it, you know, He's getting the volume. He's getting the receptions. They they had Jeremy Hill inactive. They gave, what, two touches to Gio Bernard. So he's getting the lion's share right now. And he's not really getting it done. But they're going to have to get it done through the passing game. And that makes Dalton an interesting streamer this week uh, for quarterback needy teams. He looks like a top 12 to 15 option uh, in most leagues. So I sort of like Dalton in the passing game to get it done, and we know that's going to go through like A.J. Green and Tyler Croft right now. Yeah, uh, He's the guy making some big plays at tight end. But the rest of the receivers, they don't know how to use John Ross or want to use John Ross, whichever yeah, it may be. That has been one of the biggest, like, you, you just sit here and go, all right, well, you don't really have anybody else besides A.J. Green. You drafted John Ross that high. And you just can't figure out how to get him on the field at all. It's it's a complete seems like a complete failure. Uh, and I mean, I don't know how you could have any confidence in John Ross for this year, let alone if you're in a dynasty league for next year. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I do like the long term of it, uh, ability, just because I think the whole coaching staff gets fucking canned. I'll take him. I'll take him when he goes on his next team. Well, the whole, <laughs> the whole coaching staff's going to get canned, and yeah. that'll. Well, that that's a whole new team. You think that happens after the season? Yeah. But the think you Lewis, could... look, how many years in a row did he make the playoffs? Then was last year the first year they didn't make the playoffs? Yeah. Now you're probably not going to make the playoffs again this year. He should have been gone a long time. Should have been gone four years ago. Yeah, he's gone. He gone. Um, but yes, I agree that Ross is not looking like luck, looking too pretty. Not over. You know, hopefully he can get figured out. But right now he's looking a little bit more like. Dorset than uh, than anything else. So, um, what do you, did you guys mention Tyler Croft at all? Yeah, I like that guy. I mean, he's all right. He's not. There's the one, most there's one big play last week yeah. that really got him the. He's, the, the he's, he's been in. He's been in that topper upper area going and. Well, I mean, look, Andy Dalton. I mean, again, who else do they have to throw the ball to when they're in the red zone? And AJ Green is usually going to get double covered, or you're throwing him just a, a fade to the corner. So Croft is a guy that that has the ability to 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 be a red zone worker. So. Um, I mean, again, with with the, with the people that are on by this week, I would definitely feel comfortable playing him. Um, you know, his floor is going to give you probably at least forty four and forty. So you know, and then on the good days, he's giving you six seventy five and maybe a touchdown. Anything else on this one? I mean, uh, there's not much to like on the Bengals side besides AJ Green, maybe Joe Mixon, Andy Dalton is a streamer though, and Tyler Croft. Because the rest of the receivers splitting snaps, not playing. Tyler Boyd, John Ross, you know, they've been inactive the last couple weeks. Makes it tough. 
I'm not going to Brandon LaFell. <laughs> Let's go over to the Titans side of the situation. Um, God damn, we need Mariota to kind of have that breakout uh, seminal moment for the 2017 season. Could it be this game, Stags? I definitely think uh, it's probably going to be more of a ball control game. Uh, this should be one of the lower scoring games. I I don't like it for fantasy viability. Um, Mariota is probably more of a you know streaming type option this week than he is a locked in start. Cincinnati is tough against opposing passers. Um, so far this season, they're allowing the 12th fewest fantasy points. Uh, they're sort of just tough across the board, um, allowing the 11th fewest fantasy points uh, per game this season. And they're basically 12th against quarterbacks, 9th against running backs, 7th against wide receiver, 9th against tight end. So they're just good across the board. Um Looking at guys like Eric Decker. Although they're not a great fantasy defense because they don't get turnovers. Yep, no turnovers. Not a lot of sacks. I know because I have them on a one league. Yeah. Uh, It's just like it's probably going to be another mediocre game. Uh, but you think so? Yeah, I mean, I, I, but look, if you're talking about the wide receivers here, like look at Corey Davis, we were we were having a, a, an offline text conversation about this, right? Uh, but what were we thinking about Corey Davis? The the fact is, it's still really Rashard Matthews is the guy who's getting who gets the mo- majority of the looks in the offense, and right now with this team still contending, right for a pl- playoff spot. Corey Davis is going to get, uh, in my opinion, I know that you guys have a higher opinion of him, and I'll let you guys talk about it afterward, but. I just kind of feel that he's going to take a little bit more time in where they're going to bring him along. They're not going to try to force it because you have all these other pieces that are working. And Are they, though? Well, but, are the other pieces but Mariota is always a guy that no matter what, he spreads the ball around. It's, it's not like you're going to get all of a sudden, if you look at Corey Davis, do you think that he could become like an Andre Johnson for this team or one of these type of receivers who just becomes... The A number one who's getting all is he is he an AJ Green is he a Des Bryant is he a Julio Jones is it I don't I don't know and at this point in time with all the other things around him and with the injuries that he's had it may take longer for that to develop that's my fear one thing from that text message is we were comparing him to an Aaron Jones and a Marlon Mack yeah so we weren't comparing him to AJ Green correct I understand so, I understand um, yeah. but good clarification from the for the listeners, for the listeners. Yeah. but I, I think that I think I agree with you. It's, he does like to spread it around. I like what he's going to be able to do and how many snaps he's going to get and how many targets he's going to increase. We'll just see what he does with them. And we'll see if he grasps it and if he gets it right away. But I think long term, as far as dynasty or you know redrafts for next year, I, I like the team. I like the offensive line. I like Mariota. I like the fact that they have a run game. And I think he's going to be the bona fide stud wide receiver on the team. And you've got the guy that has probably been the best receiver on the team over the last three years. Gonna be Getting gone. really fucking old. Yeah, he's going to be dumb. Walker's old. Yeah. Well, uh, man. Sorry, before you go, I want to drink. So Corey Davis played 75% of the snaps last week. Uh... They didn't run that many plays, though. They just ran, like, 60 plays. Overall, they say his snap count's going to increase. He's going to play more. And, and that's only going to mean good things. Uh, and it might be at the expense of Rashard Matthews, even though he's the only wide receiver making plays. But I also think Eric Decker is going to get phased out here. Uh, now, they like using those two tight ends. 
they do like using Delaney Walker, but they also like Johnny Smith. Uh, and they like to you know design a play for him or two a game. Uh, and then they like the receivers out of the back or the running backs out of the backfield. They like throwing to Demarco Murray and Derrick Henry. But Demarco Murray's banged up right now. That it's tough to you know count on him. Derrick Henry's been getting a little bit more usage because of him being banged up. But overall, they're both maybe back-end RB2s because they're hard to trust. Yeah, they each need to be on a different team. <laughs> they, they shouldn't be on the same team together because they're basically the same player. It's true. Oh, I think you're going to find out that that's probably going to be happening sooner than later. Well, I, I believe you me. I mean, they, they, they know that Henry's their future. Yeah. They, <clears throat> look, they got a couple good years out of DeMarco, and it was also a great way to be able to teach uh, young Henry how to how to how to be a good pro. So the, the issue is, Demarco Murray is still playing seventy percent of the snaps on the season. He played, you know, what seventy one percent. I'm not saying for this year. I'm not saying. I, I know. Right, yeah. But then Derek Henry's been getting vulture touchdowns, right. and it's sort of sapping Demarco Murray. Like they're they're eating into each other's values so much that they make them tough starts. And, and at the same time, I think from an organizational standpoint, I get it. Why would you, uh, you if you know that Henry's your future? You don't want to burn him out right now, right? You have the other guy there. You can just put him in good situations where he's experiencing success. Let him vulture touchdowns because let him have that that, that positive. We don't care about you, DeMarco. You're going to be gone next year. You know? yeah. And DeMarco no, kind of knows this, so he's playing through injury. Like every yeah. every time he's getting worked on on the sideline, and you think he might be done, he's in the locker room. But then he comes back out, he's like, I'm a, I, I, I don't want to lose my job. He's like, it's a whole Tiki Barber thing. You know, right. I don't want to, I don't want to have be out one game and then all of a sudden Derrick Henry goes off and has a 220 yard game with three touchdowns. It's like, all right, this is. Although you may end up seeing Demarco then by the time he turns 50, you're like hardly being able to walk. Yes, probably true. Um, let's talk about. You got anything to say about the wide receiver uh, in this matchup? No. Uh, last. Here's what I got to say about the wide receivers. Stop being a big hallucinating baby. The implied point total on this one, 17.8 for Cincinnati as opposed to 22.8 for Tennessee. So, yes, Sudini, you were right. Low-scoring game. That On the season, Cincinnati's only scoring um, 16.1 points per game, which is 28th in the league. And they're playing with by far the lowest pace, which scares you for all those other secondary players besides A.J. Green. Yeah, because they can't move the ball with the running game. And when, you, when you're running 20, 20 times for 45 yards, you're not, you're not moving the ball. I will say this. Remember in the preseason, and this is something where you audit and you vet and you think about what you've done wrong. In the preseason, going back all the way to when the season ended last year, and uh, all of a sudden their two great offensive linemen started signing elsewhere, the big fear with the with the Bengals was who's going to protect Andy Dalton? How is this offensive line going to keep this offense together? And all every all the news, all the coach speak within the internal at, at the Bengals was like, oh, we're going to be great. We've got guys who are going to step up, and it's going to be... Hasn't really happened. So, you know, when the writing's on the wall, the writing's on the wall. Uh, pay attention to those kind of things. Offensive lines are so important to fantasy football points to make time for and make holes for make time for wide receivers and make holes for so, running backs. So let's, let's give you the idea so you understand. Last year, he was sacked 41 times. The year before, he was sacked 20 times. The year before that, 21 times. He's been sacked 24 times already this year. Yeah. That's it. Uh right, we're done with Titans too. We yeah. get to go to the Texans first game of the afternoon. We got three for you, Houdini, so you can't pitch too much. 
No quad box. I don't, I don't care. I want to be drunk coming home from the Bear game. That's a good point. With you. Yes, good point. Um, we're not going to. Not coming home with you, though. We're not coming home with you. I'm not coming home with you. Boys. Hey, now. Um, oh, God, I love drinking during the... I don't think I drank during the last three podcasts. So much more fun drinking. Water. Always. What's up, A? It's also up? more fun if you're listening to us when you're drinking, too. Valverde for you. Not if you're driving. <laughs> True. Disclaimer. Okay. Hi, my name's Derek. It's been four podcasts since I drank last. Hey, and a little now. A. That was a little AA a reference. Um, oh, you've been? No. But I know. <laughs> but I have two friends that did, and I got called during... Whatever. I called for, what was it, phase eight or something? I'm so, I want to apologize. All right, we're going to the Texans at the Rams. We'll start with the Texans. Savage getting it done. Yeah. Uh, still yeah. still didn't, didn't, it didn't seem like uh, DeAndre didn't slide as much as I thought it would. Uh, he, he, caught, he caught a big touchdown. That was it in between two defenders. But he yeah. got a ton of targets. Yeah, he's going to get a ton of targets. I still like I go by Will, targets first. Will Fuller also got a ton of targets. So both those guys are playing like 100% of the snaps. Uh, they're on the field at all times. They're getting targets. So everybody wants to crap on Will Fuller right now, but he saw, still saw, what, eight targets in that game? So I, I, I do think he's got that desperation, flex, wide receiver three type appeal to him um, with his ability to take the top off the defense. So I, I do think Will he was just inches away from a couple plays that I do think maybe he'll come with some more reps with Savage because let's remember Will Fuller missed a good portion of the preseason, you know, with his own injury, and then Tom Savage got pulled quick, so he hasn't had a lot of time, you know, working on timing with Tom Savage. Will Fuller is oh okay now he's only five for four four for five, but. Um... Top positional weeks, four for five since he's... Uh, he's still got back. the highest percentage of all receivers. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, so 80% of his games compared to Antonio Because, again, remember when we talked about him last week, what, almost 50% of his catches were touchdowns. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the problem well, is, without Deshaun Watson, it, you just don't have that potential. What about... Let's move on. We know that, so we, we don't need to keep hunkering on the same stuff. What do we think about um, uh, Lamar Miller in, in this situation? I think we can... Well, and Dante, Deontay Thompson finally started to get his carries again. Um, but Dante Foreman. Dante Foreman. Okay, I'm sorry. Yes, Dante Foreman. <laughs> Devontae Freeman. Yeah, hey, I, I like them both. Um, <laughs> but Foreman is just not giving you fantasy-relevant production. He's giving you 11 carries. He's giving you four yards per carry. That, that's that's what you're getting at the, uh, you know. So... Lamar Miller is still your best potential. Um, you know, again, without Deshaun Watson there, maybe you have more opportunities for him to get the carries in the red zone. Um, but again, this whole offense is just—it it takes a major step backward when you don't have when you don't have one of the greatest athletes out there in the game. Yeah, I mean, the thing that gives you some safety with Lamar Miller is he's caught three passes in each of the last three games. Uh, you know, he's providing you that seven or eight or nine points that that's safe. And if you can get into the end zone, he can give you a little bit more than that because he's getting you 50 or 60 rushing yards a week. He's getting you 20 or 30 receiving yards. So he's giving you back-end RB2 production, uh, and you can just sort of slot him in. And this is, you know, a pretty good spot for him. Uh, there's nothing to sort of dislike against the Rams. They're allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing running backs. They are a, a funnel defense where they are tough against opposing passers. So, 
that's the problem if you're looking at Will Fuller and you know DeAndre Hopkins is seeing tough coverage, and their offensive line is you know not great with Tom Savage back there. Yeah. So they should, the Rams should be able to get a ton of pressure. Aaron Donald might kill Tom Savage. Start the Ram defense. Yeah, yeah. Somebody texted me, should I start the Rams or uh, the Bengals? I'm like, which one is Tom Savage playing against? <laughs> <laughs> and again, the Bengals don't get turnovers. Yeah. I mean, I mean, but nah, that's pretty much it for the Texans. Yeah, let's go to the let's go to the Rams. Rams start early. Golf coming off of a huge game. Golf's our number one quarterback this week. Yeah, he is. I don't feel great about it, but it could change. But at, at the given moment right now, he. I mean, the matchups work. juicy. Yep. They're producing points at a high, high level. You know, getting Sammy Watkins on a deep shot, They're taking deep shots to him. Robert Woods. living on a prayer. Well, here's here's another reason why I lost this week. I went against one catch, Sammy Watkins, and in my league, long touchdown, he scored. 18 points. I almost played him in one league and I didn't. But uh, great stat from our boy Scott Barrett from Pro Football Focus. Uh, the Los Angeles Rams ranked last in the league in points scored per game last season at 14 points. Uh, 2.5 uh, points below the next closest. So they were at the very bottom of the barrel and ranked best in the league this season at 32.9. They are scoring more than twice as many points this yeah. year than they did last year. Boy, if Sean McVay is not Fisher. the coach of the year, he is the coach he, of the it's year. Just, it, it's, it's a lock. I mean, he this is. guy... This guy is is, is is a ninja. I don't know if it means. Nobody looked at this team and figured they had more than five wins in them. Is he younger than Eastag Party? No. Okay. He's younger. Like 37, 36, no, 34. No, 31. 31? 31. 31. Early 30s. Holy uh, crap. Find out. Yeah, no, he's 31, dude. Man, so he, he's like the one guy that if, if he can, if the Rams want to decide to keep him and make him like a, uh, a Don Shula, yeah. he can have a chance to have the ultimate record. Yeah, especially when they expand the 18 game regular season. When I just hit, I'm, I'm googling. I, I hit Todd McShay, yeah. <laughs> and he's 40. I'm like, 40? Oh no, this is the this is the ESPN draft guy. Uh, <laughs> right, Gurley, we're gonna start. Gurley, you're gonna start. Uh, receivers, I think Woods is getting the most consistent targets, so he's probably the guy. But where, where does that mean he is? Is he a wide receiver three flex type? Yeah, yeah. I mean, right. they sort of all are. Right. Sammy Watkins is the desperation flex out of this. 31. And then... More than 86. Jesus Christ. And then the other... I mean, Cooper Cup, he just hasn't seen consistent enough targets. But Cooper Cup does get targeted in the red zone. It's like almost every week... It's tough to bust. Yeah, but every week, you know, I'm like, oh, there he is in the red zone. And I dropped it. Same thing... <laughs> or through his hands. Same thing with Higby. Like, yeah. he's probably touchdown or bust. Um, I mean, I think you could play anybody you want on the Rams this week, and it wouldn't be an awful decision. I like it. All right. Uh, best game of the afternoon. Best game of the afternoon. Cowboys at Falcons. Before we even go into this, I kind of love the, uh, the vendetta that Jerry Jones has got for uh, Goodell. You've been reading this. Oh. He hired he hired the guy, um, a lawyer, to uh, do a. Little, he's trying to get Goodell out. Right. Yeah. Basically, yeah, right. This Friday, Goodell's either going to resign, or uh, or or they're going to actually, or the owners will say, "Hey, we're not saying you're done yet, but we're going to we're going to hold off until we're not you're gonna resign. New we're not we're not we're not ready. We need to find out some more intel." And Jerry Jones is on the hunt right now. I love it. 
Because I fucking hate Goodell. He's been a prick to everyone. <laughs> um, all right. Well, he's overseeing the, the, the... He... You know what? As far as a commissioner, this is the one thing, you know, with the whole politicizing of this whole uh, national anthem and the other bullshit. He hasn't done anything. He's been a non-voice. So... Either you were gonna stand up to the people saying, "I'm gonna, you know, don't, don't, you know," he didn't take any side. And then what it's done is it's allowed everything to fester, and it just it's made the the, the pro the, the product look bad. And the product has gotten a lot of back uh, 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 flack. I hate to be political, but goddamn Trump, why do you gotta ruin everything in the, that is like good and fun in this goddamn country? Well, you know the reason why is because he. I won't let the basketball team come to. I wouldn't uh, let him in. Right. Well. So right. Well, right. I know you get the vendetta from USFL, but but then also you know I'm just going to continue to attack the thing that makes all Americans come together, and I'm going to break that up. Let's I'm move gonna, on. Yeah. Let's move on. Yeah. He's Damn it. Sorry, Nadini. Sorry, Nadini. Hang on. Yeah, and I'll play this for you. Go for it. I'm just glad my fat ugly mama isn't alive to see this day. <laughs> Uh, is Ezekiel Elliott playing this week? We're supposed to find out Thursday. Yeah, yeah it's your Thursday or Friday. I can remember. I think, in person, and I know I've talked to you about this and i put this out on Twitter, I think that whole thing is the thing that's turning off. It's turning off me the most about the NFL. It's just the fact that the NFL's trying to attack its players. They can't get them to suspend it. We're not going to go. It's not political, but just that whole dynamic of like trying to suspend guys. He's suspended. Right. He's not why, are we, suspended. why are we testing for, for weed in the NFL? We don't test for it in the NBA. We don't test for it in baseball. They're gonna. I think that's going to change pretty soon. But it's just like that's. But the whole thing about attacking players. Yeah. That's what they do. It's crazy. Players they already have the most control over players. Where they're non-guaranteed contracts, and they make they make nothing compared Jeez. to other guys. Anyway, we'll go we'll, we'll go to some football. Houdini and Noonan, we'll shut up. We'll shut up. Stag party. Do your Cowboys uh, Falcons sing for a minute, and Houdini will probably interrupt you in thirty seconds. Anyways, I mean, right now <laughs> it hinges on Des Bryant and his availability this weekend with knee and ankle issues. If he's available, then you're looking at starting Des Dak. And uh, Elliot, if he's still active, uh, if you're if Elliot's active, you start him. It's pretty much that easy. Um, he's killing it this season, so you know, not much to say about that. The other guys you're looking at, you know, if Des misses, you can bump up Terrence Williams like a hair. Uh, he just had his best game of the season by far. Career. Um, mm, nice. That's a pretty good career game. Really? Yeah. Um, he just saw a, a real heavy target share this last but week. But they finally did. Yards. They finally did things that Terrence Williams is good at right. consistently. Because if you just run Terrence Williams on crossers, crossers yeah. all goddamn game, <laughs> he's gonna murder people. Yeah, but sure. they, they don't do it consistently. Yeah. Um, and you know, if Bryce Butler gets the spot in place of Des Bryant, he'll be an interesting low cost dart throw in DFS. Uh, and Cole Beasley. No, he'll probably see a slight uptick in targets. And especially if no, but if, if Ezekiel Elliott is gone, you gotta play Cole Beasley because mm-hmm. he becomes. Uh, I mean, look, he scored two touchdowns without with, with Ezekiel in the game. He's, he's definitely he becomes, he becomes part of the extension of the running game if Elliott's out. Yeah. That he'll be that he'll, safety blanket, and he'll he'll be like he'll get seven catches a game just to move. I don't know if he gets seven catches a game, but he, he's, not, he's never given you the big yards. But red zone. 
Des is getting double teamed. They're not gonna. They'll do whatever they can to, to shut down uh, Alfred Morris. You're gonna. You're gonna take Cole Beasley, who could in Cole the Beasley. slot just dominate a safety or a linebacker if they're lined up. It'll be Edelman esque, I think. If yeah, I agree. Yeah, and Witten, uh, you know, four for forty. I don't know what you want from Jason Witten. Maybe a touchdown. Uh, you love a touchdown. Dak, Dak Prescott's. <laughs> Locked into your lineup. Stock Prescott's been one of the best fantasy quarterbacks. Look at the legs he's using. What's his rush? I mean, I'm going to look it up. It's I'm not gonna... even that good. Really? He's got four rushing touchdowns. Yeah, which he's is got the, part. the most touchdowns. But he's probably got, what, 180 yards rushing? Let's see. I'll tell you. He's, he's, got... he's so legit. All right. He has... But what do you 195 think? yards rushing with four touchdowns. Yep. Yeah, 195. So, let's say, let's say that Elliott's not playing. Dak becomes a bigger start because. Well, I, I want to oh, let's keep it a running back. Okay. McFadden, Alfred, are these guys just got Alfred guys? Morris? And we start Smith. Alfred Morris and then Rod Smith and then Darren McFadden until we see different. Okay. Because that's but, what but it is you, on the depth chart. Uh, Darren McFadden what, looked lost in the preseason. No, I'm, I'm not. I, I agree with that. I knew we've talked about this a bit yeah. last week. But what am I? And my question is: Okay, if Alfred Morris is the number one, then if he's gone. Half of Zeke Elliott points. Which if Zeke don't score twenty, he's gonna get you ten. All right. Maybe. I, All right. I think he could be good for like sixty yards and a touchdown on occasion. That's ten. Okay, I like it. Uh, move on to the uh, Falcon side of the ball. I don't know what is Sark doing. Eleven uh, since the bye week, Devonta Freeman's averaging like twelve carries for forty-eight yards. Uh, three targets. Like he's more of an RB two right now because they're not riding him. Um, they're not really even mixing in Tevin Coleman enough. That he's like got seventeen snaps. Yeah. yeah, and he's doing all of his points are coming from big plays. It's yep. like he's, or touchdowns. He's, he, it's amazing. These two guys, I, I understand, but these two guys either need to be on different teams or they need to be feeding all the offense through these both of them. And you can't. Why? Why not have them both on the field at the same time? I don't Whatever's get Whatever's going on, they, they haven't figured out the, 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 the dynamic. Yeah, they haven't figured out the dynamic. I think you start Julio, maybe Mohamed Sanu. Since returning from his injury, he's seen 20% of the targets. Uh, so that's good. Austin Hooper's still probably, uh, you know, that that's, that's he, a risky. He's an enigma, right? Because he started the first half last week was on fire. It was like he got all of his catches within like the first quarter and a half, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, I mean, they're not consistently targeting him, targeting him. Um, so it, it's tough. Like he's maybe going to see five or six targets. So without a touchdown, what's his upside? Like 40, 50 yards. Like that's about right. Yeah. Uh, uh, and the rest of these guys, you know, Taylor Gabriel's not seeing consistent enough production. Matt Ryan, you know, against the Cowboys, it's probably a decent start. But if Zeke's in there. Then they could do their milk, milk, milk thing, and then Matt Ryan's just gonna have to try and shoot it. When uh, you say milk, that's just like uh, they just have these huge long drives, drawn out drives, yeah. and keep the other offense off the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought he was going, you know, milk, milk, lemonade, round the corner, punches me. No. Oh no! I have no idea what you're talking about. That's the old little kid joke about about genitals. <laughs> creepy, creepy. Come 
Really? You never heard that? No. Uh, uh, so, anything else on uh, Falcons? Uh, nope. Can Can Julio? I mean, obviously, can Julio pull this thing around uh, for the rest of the season? What's, or what's he is he going to end, yeah. end, end up being the wide receiver sixteen this year? I mean, I still think he's probably going to get back to top ten just because he's going to score a couple more touchdowns. But what's he going to get to right now? Five he or six touchdowns in touchdown. the season. I mean, he's what third in the league in receiving yardage. Look, third look, or fourth in the league in receiving yards. Let me give you this. In his, they've had their bye, right? Or they had their bye? Yes. Okay. So in his eight games, two hundred yard games and one touchdown. Yeah, he's just not giving you huge games like. And his high game is one hundred eighteen yards. And that touchdown, he stole it out of an yep. interception off of the Patriots. Defender. And he dropped the easiest touchdown oh. pass I've ever seen. That destroyed me. Unbelievable. I was, I was like, walking Daisy. Oh, that's an easy touchdown. I was walking Daisy when you guys sent it, and obviously I needed that to happen. You're like, oh, Julio. I'm like, no, no. And yeah, no. the response F A A A A C K. I saw, I got back up and they showed that I cut to it. You're never going to see Julio drop this. I'm like, oh my God. I, I just did, motherfucker. Yeah. You just showed it to me. Yeah, you just showed it to me. All right. Well, let's go to the next game, but before we do so, um, listen to this. Giants at 49ers. This is the last of the uh, afternoon games. Um, Pure excitement in this game, I gotta tell you. Jesus. There are so many offensive weapons that we need to talk about. You want to know all of them? Yes. You can play anybody a giant you want. Like, I think you can play Orleans Dark was like an RB1 almost this week. <laughs> but what about um, the receivers? Sterling Shepard, none others. Okay. Is Eli starting? Eli's going to start. going to get the game. So would you start Eli over a breeze? Eli's a great stream this week. I'm, I'm so in on Eli this week. It's against the 49ers. Let, let's be serious. The 49ers are not very good on defense. So is this going to be one of those sneaky Eli throws for 400-yard type games? This could, I, I don't know, because I think Orleans Dark was going to also run all over the San Francisco 49ers. But Eli can throw for 250-2. and two. This is where this is where Houdini takes some notes. Usually he's got uh, I'm changing my, I'm changing, I'm changing my lineup right now. <laughs> I don't know if I'd start him over Breeze. But, no, but I'm putting, I'm putting Arlene's dark line to my starting lineup. Over Bilal Powell. Or, or over Abdullah. Who should I put him over? Uh, probably Abdullah. Yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whirling Starkwood, I think, is a real sneaky DFS. I don't even know if he's going to be sneaky. We just saw what Adrian Peterson did. They're allowing, like, 24 carries for 125 yards, one touchdown a game rushing to running backs, and... Like 50 yards receiving on five receptions. All right. I like this. I like this. So, Evan, uh, Evan Ingram. Lock him in. Lock him in. Not much to say about Evan Ingram right now. He's locked into your lineups. Yeah. Okay. He's uh-huh. probably the fifth most consistent tight end in the league right now. Yeah. Come on. One of my few good calls in the preseason. I knew that guy was going to be done. Talk about ending up in a perfect spot for him, too, with... with you know, now all Talk about injuries. every single receiver on this team. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, That's what I mean. Like, the thing is, what could have been expected for him in targets? You know, 70, 80 before the injuries with yeah. Odell and Marshall. We thought. This should still be really good for him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because he, he's a guy, unlike Ebron, who catches the ball and does something with it once he gets it in his hands. He's legit. And he's been a, a touchdown scorer, right. which is added to the value. Dopsky Wopsky, let's go over to those 49ers. Um, this is the uh, last. This is, this is the last week that we're going to get CJ. Better. Uh, we don't know if Jimmy Garoppolo is actually going to start this season. They may have made this trade, and then they're going to do a whole bunch of bulking up on their offensive line. Because look, you think that Garoppolo might not play once this year? It's smart. It's actually it's it's you you bought this guy. For your future. But the, some of the things I'm reading is that you give them a shot in a handful of games. Yeah. And they're still going to get a top one or two pick. And you can still draft Rosen or I guess this other guy out of USC doesn't maybe want to go. Sam Darnold. And but, you can still do it. And then you can trade Garoppolo to the, to the Browns. Come no. look, look, look. <laughs> CJ Beathard in the last three weeks has been sacked 14 times. So that's how it works in this That's also because C.J. Beathard has a slow-ass release and runs like he thinks he's fast, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, he's, he's sitting around there trying to juke. He's, he's a tough guy back there. Yeah. He's it's like, it's like Ben games. Roethlisberger when he was young. But Ben Roethlisberger, guys try to tag him, and Ben would be like, boom, boom. Well, he he's doesn't do that. He doesn't throw guys No, away. I know, I know. But he thinks but he's, he's run like for that. 86 yards and two touchdowns in three weeks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... He's another one of those guys that, okay, well, I'm out on the outside. Nobody's here. I'm going to pick up six or seven. <laughs> well, and you don't have Pierre Garçon anymore, so... You're looking at Marquise Goodwin, who, with Janoris Jenkins back, I want nothing to do with. You're looking at Trent Taylor being out this week. You're looking at George Kittle being out this week. Yeah. So, you know, always play a tight end against uh, the Giants is the rule. They have allowed a touchdown to a tight end every single fucking week this right. season. I'd say that probably ends this week, but Garrick Selleck, if you're fucking super desperate like I am in a deep, deep league, I am I'm, I'm playing Garrick Selleck. I'm, I'm, and it's I'm, I'm doing the same thing because I have Jared Cook on a buy and there's no one to pick up. And uh, Yeah, I, I've been playing tra- Travis Kelsey with Jared Cook but in a flex spot. Uh, but here's the thing that I look at this team where, where I find interest. I find interest in Marquise Goodwin. Because watching that game, I find more interest in him if Jimmy would play. Because there was that there was that one play where it was the deep pass and he didn't get it. That Beathard had just missed him. But you can see world class sprinter speed that he has. He was an Olympic triple jumper. The speed where all of a sudden when he decides to start running, the guy that is next to him running at full speed and he just passes him like. Like he's standing still. I know, but not against Janoris Jenkins back this week. You know, it just well, not with CJ, not with CJ Beathard at quarterback. Mean, I, I don't, I, if it was CJ Beathard at quarterback and another playing another team like the Colts, all over it. All right, but not. I don't think so against the Giants. I, I play Carlos Hyde. First Car- time, first time I ever heard you uh, try and stick up for CJ Beathard. I, no, I, I I was not. He was shitting, I was on, shitting him. on him. I was putting. Oh, him on. I'm okay, saying sorry. I would. That was my first Jimmy time ever sticking up. Sorry, sorry. My bad. My bad. My bad. Just took a leak. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I heard some sticking up for Beathard. Um, anything you, else? You were just doing what? Taking a leak? Cursed bacteria of Liberia. <laughs> and what do we think? Anything else in this game? Gittles. 
Isn't he out? out? After yeah, we said, so we were talking no, about, out for week 10. Yeah, we were talking about we're, we're good on Shut up. Go on. Let's move we're on. Done. Sunday night football. Sunday night. Oh, Sunday night. This is getting worse and worse. Oh. Um, yeah, like the games <laughs> or the singing? Both. The show? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Patriots at Broncos. We got one more game after this. Uh, Patriots. This is not the best... Um, Slate of primetime matchups that they have. When does the flex schedule start? We're trying. Time? We're trying to get flex. The, uh, what week ten? Yeah. Or week eleven. But we're week when, ten now. Yeah. So who's the Rams playing this week? Houston. Yeah. No, we're trying to get New Orleans. Uh, Buffalo. New Orleans. No, New Orleans Rams next week. Oh, next flexed week. Up. Okay. Who's we? People on Twitter. Really? Is we that? people on Twitter. We the people of Twitter. Um. Looking at the Patriots, Chris Hogan looks unlikely to be uh, unlikely to play this weekend, so that bumps up Brandon Cooks uh, against the Broncos. It should be a great time for Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Gronk's the best tight end on the slate this week. Um, not not saying anything different, especially with Ertz and Kelsey out. He's easily the number one. Um, you know, Cooks should get a bump in target projection with Hogan out. But they also say they want to see Dorsett uh, Amendola step up. I don't think I could trust Danny Amendola against Chris Harris in the slot. No, slide. I'm not doing it. Uh, if Hogan's out, I don't think you can play you know, Dorsett against the Broncos, even though the Broncos got steamrolled last week. But I, I think you play Cooks, you play Brady, you play Gronk, and then you're looking at running back. What do you do there? What uh, do you do with the four running backs? I mean... Dion Lewis. I was gonna do another singing singing song for you, just so you know, and I'll let you go. It was gonna be the uh, Oompa Loompas for What do you do with four running backs? No, I'm not here. doing it. I don't want. Yeah, I don't want to drive him crazy. Is Next. it Rex or Gillisley <laughs> here? Maybe Dion Lewis. <laughs> Snake Party's mind is gonna implode. I love it. You should at least finish it out and get your James White reference. No, in. we're good. We're good. Or James White. <laughs> okay. We're good. <laughs> Well, that's going to get us Duke a Duke Duke. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes another bad review for you. No, we'll shut up for a minute. I mean, it's probably Deion Lewis and Standard, James White and PPR. Rex Burkhead could be a sneaky play against the Broncos just because of his receiving ability. And if they you know, motion him out to the slot... He could see some favorable matchups against some linebackers, and you know we know they've got tough corners. But when when you get on their linebackers and coverage, that's when you can make things happen. Well done, well done. Um, that's it. Let's move. Can we move over to the other side? Yep. All right. Um, Broncos sticking with Osweiler. <sighs> Still, it's almost it's almost better. It's, I feel like it's better than than Simeon. Yeah. It's not good about much of anything. They're waiting for Paxton Lynch to finally get healthy. And I don't even, I don't even know if it's that's going to happen. make it any better. It's supposed to happen next week. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to make it any better. That's the word. Word on the streets. They're just saying they're, they're handing him the baton. Yeah, well, they got to see I what they got. They got an offense, pick. This is an offense that's in disarray. Now, the one thing that you have going for you, you're at home and you're playing against a, a Patriots defense that is not the Patriots defense that they've been over the past four years. Look up what they've done over the last five games, though. Because they got smoked early. Yeah, they did. What what they've done over the last sort of. Well, haven't most of those games been division games too, though? 
Especially when fantasy points is starting them. Well, I just look at division games. It's like, okay, at least you get familiarity with your opponent. Game. You do a better job. While you're looking that up, I'm going to do a mail Day. Secret hug of prog. <laughs> the Patriots have moved back to the middle of the pack over the last five weeks. So they're not exactly a defense you want to go against. Uh, you know... Particularly target, but against Jameis Winston, Josh McCown, Matt Ryan, Philip Rivers, uh, 334, 354, 233, 212, and then touchdowns, one, two with two interceptions, one, one with one interception. Yeah, but they also don't have Dante Hightower anymore. Well, they didn't have that know, last time they played either against Philip Rivers. All right, well, I, look, I'll, I'll, I'm not, I'm not going to be crapping on him as much. I mean, I don't, it's still Brock I'm Osweiler. telling you, I don't believe That's in the Denver it. offense at all. That's, That's the it. problem. Yeah. It's, it's, I don't believe in the running game. You have now being what has become a piecemeal running attack with both CJ and with, with can't say both with CJ Anderson, Jamal Charles, and Devontae Booker. So. That's a quagmire that I don't want to be involved in. You have, I would say that Demarius Thomas has the highest upside of anybody that's uh, having the ball thrown to him at this point in time with Osweiler. He tends to kind of lean on him a hell of a lot more than he does to a man. Thomas, oh yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so snaps for Denver running backs, 23 for C.J. Anderson, 22 for Devontae Booker, 19 for uh, Jamal Charles. Yeah, what that is like telling. That is a split of the pie, third, third, third. Jamal, uh, Jamal C.J. Anderson is basically sittable. He's sittable, definitely, but like, if they were to ride him early, that's when he can maybe, I mean, he's probably the best bet for the See, but that's the worst part, because the way that when C.J. Anderson had his most success in the NFL was when they were giving him those bulk carries and he was damaging teams in the third and fourth quarter, which yep. is what big running backs do. But nobody does it anymore. What was the stat I gave last week? The team's like 6-0 and or something over the last few years. When he gets 20, 20 carries. carries. right. But they just don't do it. Vance Joseph, I'm going to tell you, that guy looks kind of fucking... He looks hopeless out there a little. He doesn't look like he's got the team. I like the guy, I think, but this team—I don't think he's going to be around for very long. No, this is this is what you have. John always when, when you go from like Peyton Manning and you had the Super Bowl runs and yeah. all this stuff, it becomes a precipitous fall. You just you just know it's going to happen. And they had plus they had all that money into the defense, and then the offense just went away. The and team. the defense is literally shitting on their offense. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, they hate him. Yeah, here's, what, here's what I'm going to tell you is going to happen. One. I think that Elway's enough to just shake it up. Kirk Cousins is going to be the quarterback next year for the Denver Broncos. Elway's going to go out and be like, listen, I just, I'm going to probably overspend on this fucking guy. But he's not going to suffer with any more young quarterbacks yeah, anymore. But I, just, I, know experience. I know that it, he's going to lose. It's like Eli Manning. He's like, he's going to lose me some games, but he's actually going to do some great things as well. And when you have a guy like Demarius Thomas, and I don't know how much longer they have Emmanuel Sanders for, you have guys that are not young. You have a team with the defense that you have that has a, you have a limited span. When you have a great defense like that, you have like three years in order to capitalize on the window. We saw it here in Chicago when you don't, and if you don't, and if you don't spend the money and bring somebody in, especially because Kirk Cousins is available and because you have the cachet, you can get him. Yeah, you can get him. I just don't know if you have the cash 
to afford her cousins. Well, that may be. Well, you know, you <laughs> cut somebody else off and you, and you, and you do it. But then you're mean, cutting off guys like Emmanuel Sanders and... No, you cut someone from your defense and you take that hit that way. It's regardless, it's a fickle deal, but I think that yeah, I can see him... Football's going. a business. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I hear this is business. All right, let's 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 move on. I think the one thing right now is as long as Osweiler's uh, throwing, definitely uh, Demarius Thomas has got an uptick. Um, I thought we were going to see some AJ Derby last week. I really didn't happen. Didn't happen. But it's still something to watch. Could, could still happen. Could still happen. Um, all right, it's our last game. We're moving on. We're doing we're doing all right here, fellas. I like it. Um, we got Monday night. It's going to be the Dolphins at the Panthers. Where do you start with the Dolphins? Jay Here's Cutler. where I start. Here's where I start. Yeah. Jay Cutler threw for 311 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions last week. Oh, Lord. That is the first time in his career that he has thrown for more than 300 yards with three touchdowns. Do you know how many times Tom Brady has done it? 28 times! I was say 35. <laughs> 28 times. I mean, the only thing with that is the no touch or the no interceptions. That yeah, that's the most impressive part. Like, we talk about it. 42 pass attempts. We talk about it with Jameis Winston and him finally hitting his first one. The fact that, you know, if he's only done that, you know, once in his career, wow. Uh, so. Yeah. You know, Jay. Jay Jason, we got a problem. Jay's gonna. Jay, I don't know what to say about Jay. He always gives you one of those flash games, and then, hey, is this a bed for me to shit in? Yeah. Uh, Keeps your hopes up just to just. just I don't to like him on the road in Carolina. I let you down. This is a tough matchup. You had your good game, and they lost the game too, right? And he's going to be throwing the ball more. You can at least count on that because they don't have Jay Ajayi there anymore. So without Ajayi there, now you're going to have to rely on Damian Williams. Well, Damian Williams is more effective when you're throwing in the ball. Kenyon Drake is still learning and fumbling, and so you're going to have to kind of bring him along. So that means it's going to be a Cutler show. So that means, and the other good part about that is now Devontae Parker's back. Devontae Parker's starting to show you a little bit of something. Jarvis Landry will still get his volume of targets, and, and, and in that regard, but Julius Thomas, how about him? Last that was the that was the thing that, that blew my mind because it, right before, it was right when he got his first catch, or whatever, or in the uh, toward the end of the game, one, one of those catches where it's like he caught it, it was right to the sideline. I'm like, how, and I'm watching TV yelling, "How fucking slow are you?" And then the next play, it's like he's he's like going down the middle and he scores a touchdown. Can I say something? I think this whole moving a guy. And kind of holding the team a little bit accountable. A guy that I'm looking forward to uh, for their ROS is Landry. He has to, he scored a touchdown this week, so it made up for him. But he, I feel like Landry's going to close out this season pretty well. He thought or maybe hoped he was going to get traded. There was, I have a feeling that he's going to kind of, you know, you're not my, feeling my, that? my problem with that is, what's he going to change? What's going to be different for Jarvis Landry? Because he's still seeing 10 or 11 targets a game. He's still running the same routes. He's still he's running the same routes. routes. He doesn't run he's the same routes. He's still on pace for 860 yards on like 120 receptions. Uh, what, what's <laughs> what's what's going to change? I like, like that. How much yards on 120 catches. I'll tell you how we can change him. First, we've got to have a one-dini. Brick of Moscow. What's going to change for Jarvis Landry? Like anything, like how much more can he see and still this offense still move? 
Well, the, the only thing that I can see as a benefit for him is if Devontae Parker comes back 100% healthy, starts making bigger plays downfield, opening up more of the middle of the field where Jarvis can get the ball and not just get tackled right away, but actually make some moves and gain some yard, some yak. He hasn't really gotten any yak this year. That's the problem. He's getting all the catches and he just gets right down where he's at. For me, I think it's almost personally for him. Maybe he is one of those leaders that Gaze called out and said, hey, it starts with our leaders. they got to bring it home. they got to try it. And maybe that's a wake-up call for him to be like, all right, you know what? I need to give more. So maybe I think it's a shot at Jay Collar. <laughs> you, think it was, you think it was a Collar shot? Was a shot at Collar? No. Collar had, he, no, but he no, hadn't no. played that and, and, and look, Collar and Gaze was, was like all arm and arm talking to each other in each other's ear. I don't, I don't know about that. I don't know, man. He was definitely. It was definitely. Like if you're uh, in PPR, you can love Jarvis Landry, and if you're in standard, you can play him as a wide receiver three with maybe some touchdown upside because he's doing that a little bit more often this season. All right, let's move over to our last game on the other side, Panthers. Uh, we give us our weekly check in on how many catches. Uh, you don't have to. How many catches um, McCaffrey's going to end up this season? On pace for 96. 96. He knows it. He knows it. It's like, McCaffrey's on pace for... I love it. Um, what do you guys think here? With Christian McCaffrey, he played his most snaps of the season, playing over 80% of the snaps for the team. He got his most rushing attempts. Carries. Most rushing yards. Uh, what I think they finally ruled it was a rushing touchdown. So he got his first one of those. Yeah. Um, I mean, you he's see. an RB2. In yeah. standard, RB1 and PPR. And, but the other thing, though, now that Benjamin's gone, you feel very comfortable starting Devin Funches. You know, he, he's at least, he has the touchdown potential, um, especially without, still without Greg Olson. You right? got, I don't know, man. I feel like sometimes you lose a great player, but the Titanic just needs to keep going. <laughs> yeah, well, wait. <laughs> the Titanic is still going down, down, down. But the only thing to read the book, Contiki. I, I don't know that book. Oh, that's a good one. But the other thing that was interesting was you're finally starting to see, like, I put him on the waiver wire this week. Um, it's Curtis Samuel, you know. This is a guy who becomes kind of your Swiss Army knife guy in the offense where you can kind of use him. You can put him in the backfield. You can run him on jet sweeps. You can put him in different spots. You can line him up in the slide. You can line him up on the outside. He just needs to get more comfortable and more involved in this offense on a weekly basis. But he's really, when you're looking at it, like if you're looking at – Funches, Olsen, Samuel, it's like your three main wide receiving threats when Olsen's back healthy. Samuel's probably the guy that has the best athletic ability out of any of those to make crazy big plays. No question, but what, they did a reverse that last week. They didn't do it to Samuel. They did it to, what, I don't even know the fucking guy's name. Philly, not not Philly Brown. They some, well, I don't even know the guy's name. They did one trick play on a jet sweep, and it wasn't even to Samuel. I will say this, Samuel in college well, is unbelievable, but he looks, he's obviously fast, he looks small, yeah, he, does. he doesn't look that lightning out there, I, I'm going to be honest, right now the transition for Samuel, I test for me, of any of these players that I thought was going to be dynamic as hell, it does not look good for him. But, but here's the, the thing I about I think he can grow into it no, and no, figure it out. But, but here's all the problems, he missed fast, most of small. all of the entire training camp. So, you know, when you don't get that chance to have the inundation when you're running reps after reps after reps after reps, now you're trying to come in in the middle of the season 
when we're game planning for this team and we're running these reps. We're not giving you everything out of the playbook. We're saying, okay, we're going to run these 60%, 70% of the plays out of our playbook this week. I hope so. He, I think I think that's why you're saying he looks slow out there because I think he's confused out there. I don't think he knows. Slow, It's only been like his second or third game that he's been out there, right? All right so, fair enough. And I like him. But that's why I said it when I put it in the waiver wire, what I even said on it was, if you grab him now, this is kind of one of those you're prospecting for a couple weeks from now. And you're prospecting that maybe he gets it together and the, and the Carolinas put him together and you can use him as a flex play in your playoff run or in your playoff, in your playoffs because maybe it takes him four more weeks. But now all of a sudden, four more weeks from now, we're in the fantasy playoffs and now you need him. Sounds real risky, but I like it. I like it. Hopefully, you can Everybody now, is, it, it, there are so many risky plays out there. At least take guys that have and Benjamin being gone, that just creates more chances for him. That's the only thing I'm saying. Okay, it, I, I agree. I love it. I mean, look, at, like, look like Stags always talks about target share, or not even target share, uh, snap, snap counts. What snap counts are you on there? Watch his snap counts over the next two weeks, and I guarantee they're going to start going up. They're already pretty good, to be honest. Uh, he already has got some pretty good snap count action. Uh, let's talk about Cam Newton, a guy that... Owners are, are deciding whether he's a guy they're going to play. You know, this is a guy that on any team he's in, you're kind of either you're playing him in spec matchups. Is this a guy? No. Cam Newton's a safe QB1 right now because of rushing. If they're going to give it, let him rush. Do you, think, do you think fantasy football championship teams this year can have Cam Newton as their quarterback? Yeah. Especially now after John Jonathan Stewart keeps fumbling with the goddamn ball. That's true. I mean. Who are you trusting on that running game? Who do you trust in that running game? No one. You trust Cam Newton. Right. That's it. Scott Fish had a good one earlier this this week. Uh, their best wide receiver is, or their best That's running nice. back is a quarterback. Their best wide receiver is a running back. A running back. <laughs> Their best tight end is a wide receiver. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, think about it. Like that, like Cam Newton's locked in when he's running the ball. Like it doesn't. Nothing else really matters because he has so much touchdown upside running the ball uh, that everything else he does sort of in the passing game is sort of just butter. Although I still say it's a complete double standard of the way that he doesn't get flags on the other teams when he takes hits. You mean he just... He doesn't get the flags thrown when he's taking hits and sliding. He gets late, he yeah. gets late hits slid more than... I mean, if but you Brady, saw you saw his touchdown, right? Yeah, yeah. He, he go he, he puts himself out know. there like that was the slide. Went, that was no, no, the no, slide. No, I know you shouldn't get hit there, but yeah. this is a guy that's that's perception. I think the the refs see a guy that's going like willing to take the hit that when he slides, like oh, this guy's willing to take the They're hit. Like, oh, so well, that doesn't make it right. That hit was illegal if it was on any other quarterback, but oh, it, it's not a bad hit for you. Exactly, doesn't make it right. It's a double standard, though. That's, that's why I was excuse it. Um, Anything else to say on this one, or are we shutting this party down? Holla for a dollar. All right, guys, week 10, firing it up. Uh, psyched for you guys to listen to this tonight. Hope you win your games. You know, just stick with us, man. We're doing this shit every week, giving you the goo. It's a big time right now, hitting the waiver wire, constructing your final um, teams, pulling everything together. I think make sure in your league, 
you check out when the trading deadline is. I bet you it's either this week Choose or next, yeah. It, yeah. next, next two, couple two weeks. Three weeks for so sure. if you are trying to make a move in your league, make sure you know your rules, know your league, the Houdini style, and um, don't be like trying to make a trade three days after the trade deadline's done. So pay attention to that stuff. Um, if you got any questions, we're always there on Twitter, Facebook. Pyro Pro is the best way you can do it. Get a Join draft. Pyro Pro. Ask us who of these running backs should I trade for, and you will get either D Rex, Houdini. Don't you uh, mean they'll get that, me because you guys will be out drinking at 9 30 in the yes, morning? Yes, they will. But <laughs> Saturday, you know Saturday, I got kickball championships. So it could be a very heavy uh, stag party. But Motherfuckers. Thank, but thank God, <laughs> stag party gets to get his Mexico trip in two, two weeks. Uh, well deserved. I'll still probably hit him up. Like, I got one question here. Stag is in Mexico. Like, fuck you. I got drugs in the all you can drink. Drink a penal avocados. Guys, we love you. Dini, Blind Dini, you're the greatest. Psyched to party on Sunday. Can't wait to see Scotch Dini on Sunday. Stag party, firing it up. You're the best. Uh, good stuff. Uh, just so you know, check out on, on the um, site. We did our first version of it last week. Party favors. It's all these awesome uh, charts that Stag's been doing over as a Twitter account for uh, for weeks and months and probably half a year. Um, and now we're kind of pulling them together just under one place as a piece on pyromaniac.com. But let's shut it down. As you we said before, uh, on the closeout of this, let it down. Let it down. This is a ripper from George Harrison, the so-called Quiet Beetle. The, my, ah, I guess John Lennon is my favorite Beetle, but it's a real close matchup with George. I agree. Let's do it.
George and the Beatles always got to do the slow fade. That's 30 seconds before the song ends, they start fading it out. Take a rage dump, man. Up yours, up wherever your species traditionally crumbs things.